Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best fully functional GPS when you're out of service. Offline maps allow you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline, so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play store. Know where you stand with OnX. Okay, buddy, we're on. We're on a. I, I'm tempted to say we're on Luke Combs's tour bus, but that's not accurate. We're on the tour bus of Luke Combs's band. Correct. We are. We are on the the band's bus, and they sleep in little submarine mariner bunks. Yeah, which is also great because I feel like this is a prime opportunity to to tell them that I've just destroyed their bus. They're not going to oh, know. Yeah. The floor feels a little. So bit right dusty. now, as they're listening to this, what has he done to our bus? They won't know until shows start. Again, this is day three of it, too. Like a little funny prank in each bunk bed. You you can't see here, but we have a a lot of great meat eater stickers. And I'm will soon be finding out which bunk my vegan band member sleeps in. And I'll probably just pop this right above his (laughs) thing so that every night when he goes to sleep, he'll be looking at a sticker. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Starting with because that, that that was that was the beautiful and lovely Luke Holmes. I want to do intros, yeah. the Dawson tones, and then go a, as though dealing poker. Giannis Patelis, just regular old, just Yanni, the Latvian eagle here again. Yeah, I'm, I'm Reed Isbel, the younger brother of the Brothers Hunt. I'm Dan Isbel, and uh, I'm a member of the Brothers Hunt. I'm also a member of the Fatvian Eagles. Yeah, Fatvian Seagulls, Fatvian Seagulls, Fatvian Seagulls. Yeah, the Latvian eagle. Fabian Seagulls, me yep. and Luke. Yep. And then Luke Tork. Luke Tork. Yeah, Luke Tork. Tork. Whose new nickname is just plain just, old. It's just Tork. It's, it's kind of hard having two Lukes. Plain old Tork. Yeah, so just Tork now, I guess. I think, yeah, we had to I figure think out. I'm, like, originally I was like, 
oh man, I was like really fighting to be the Luke. And then Torque came along and I was like, damn, dude, I wish I was like fucking reciprocating saw or something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like axe or something cool like that. But now I'm not. Horsepower, maybe? Yeah, horsepower. HP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Isabel, you, you Isabel brothers are from born in Tennessee. Well, born in born in Jackson, but from Savannah, Tennessee, West Tennessee, West Tennessee. Yeah, right where the easiest way to tell is right where Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee meets. We're like a county above that, and Savannah's the county seat. But okay. we spent the majority of our lives in Mississippi. Our, yeah. Oh, so okay, so that's what I was trying to sort out. Yeah, I thought I, I assumed you were born there. Well, grandparents lived there. Parents, parents are both from there. Both from there. I went to Mississippi State. My so, band like my 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 bandmates say country Dan is from Mississippi. Gotcha. And the sophisticated Dan. Yeah, from Tennessee, I guess. Tell uh, tell people what you do for a living. So Reed and I are both staff songwriters at uh, a couple different publishing companies, and we literally write songs in hopes that uh, artists cut them uh, on records and then maybe singles. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. Yeah, I write. Dan writes for Sony, and I actually write Luke and uh, one of our buddies, Jonathan Singleton, started a publishing company and I did a joint venture with his company and a company called Big Machine Publishing. And yeah, we, we write four or five times a week with different either co-writers or artists and and go in with ideas, licks, melodies, whatever, and try to create a three minute product that an artist, you know, like Luke or somebody else will will dig and can relate to and throw it on a record and hopefully throw it on the radio. So when you're doing this, I mean you're just you get together uh-huh. Like, like in the words of John Prine, 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. Just about. Usually it's 11, 11 now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then it was, yeah. That was late. Right so then. close. Now Steve. it's so 11. close. Yeah. 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 You get to go at 11 a.m. on a Monday morning. Hard day. In like an office. Early start. I mean, it's not and you're really like, an Let's, office. We will now write a song. <laughs> Pretty much. Start. Pretty much it's kind of like that. Weirdly enough, is yeah. it is it like a like full on music studio? You just got no, like every instrument it can in there. No, it can each, change. Each publishing house is is different. So like where Dan's at Sony ATV, they have actually two buildings. One's called the Fire Hall, which is an old fire station that they bought. There's a couple rooms in there. That's kind of the vibe of your spot yeah. here. Yeah, and then they have their office that's across the parking lot, which is like two story. Newer looking office building. Where the track guys Where set the up. Track guys, but the executives are in there. Yeah. The, they work in that same building, and then there are rooms provided. But it can and be. And that's where you're going in to do it. It can be sterile. Majority yeah, of the it time. It sounds like in that. It can in be that, very sterile. It's like going to a college classroom. It or can something. be very yes. sterile. And it's because it feels like, like you're working from a cubicle up there. Like it's very, very plain. Oh, no, man. I mean, here's the thing it's like. It, <laughs> You're not going to be in it, it, your job or whatever. You're not going to walk in inspired every day, regardless of where you're doing it. But but you can be inspired in other places and bring that kind of into the room and go, hey, man, my wife told me to wash the dishes this morning. And I got to thinking, that's a pretty decent hook. I should wash the car, wash the dishes, but you can't wash my love away from you or whatever. And then <laughs> you, that is a really quick yeah. Did you just no, do that right it. then? Because you're just sitting here in a tour bus right now. No, I mean, I'm just saying it can be like a somewhat sterile environment. Uh, but at the same time, when you're in your head and it's you're using the majority of your imagination anyway, it, it's kind of just a central meeting place to, to get it done. You know what I mean? So if you want to break for lunch, you can walk outside and you're right there. Uh, the, the publisher that you're trying to get the song to is literally across the parking lot. Um, and... It's just kind of a central meeting place for 
for I mean, if I walked into a place and it was just a bunch of John Prine posters and Willie Nelson's and there was incense burning in the corner, I don't know that I'd be any more inspired than I am when I'm in a... That's a good point. Which totally... Ha- that, that room's in Nashville somewhere. Like, there's a bunch <laughs> of... There is that room. That room yeah. incense yeah. And if you were place. in that room, you'd be going, God, we should get these freaking pictures of Willie Nelson off this wall so I could think. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to how you do it. You know, you just... As long as you end at a, pro- at a, end a product that everybody likes and agrees with, man, you can write one. And this this bus, you've written, we've written songs on, you know, outside. We've written songs on the porch. Just kind of wherever you feel like doing it. Do you guys have an obligation to how many songs you're supposed to write per whatever? Twelve whole songs a year is a standard contract, which doesn't sound like very much. But when you're splitting them up three ways and four ways and two ways. Yeah, it counts as a fourth of a song or half of a song. I got you. So yeah. contractually, within the year, you're supposed to write 12. That's, that's the normal. The Twelve normal. full, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. So like, but 12. we write way more. I mean, yeah, I'm, we all, all yeah, three of I'm us, close to seventy, eighty, hundred songs a year. Yeah, I'm amazed at the efficiency when you guys say that you guys can in four or five hours start to finish and have a song. I would say probably what Luke seventy five percent of the time that's the case, but there is yeah. that weird twenty five percent where you go, man, my brain is absolute mush. My dog's pissing all over everything in the house at this point. Is it cool if we break and maybe come back and finish this up another day? Because some days, dude, especially on like a late, like a Friday when you're just like smoked after sitting in a room trying to make words rhyme for 40 hours at this point, you may just cut it in half. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have it already, like you don't have a clear direction of where that second verse is going to go or something like that, you say, hey, maybe we just sit on this for a day. And I feel like a lot of big dudes, like, don't, a lot of big time guys aren't doing Fridays. Even now. No. Like a lot of guys that are getting, because like the quality of who you're writing with can be as important as writing that extra day. Absolutely. You know, if you're writing four days a week with, you know, if you write with Eric Church and then you write with whoever, you know, big time artist writer guys, that's different than saying, you know, I got to go in and write with five people that I don't know. Yeah, up and coming. That aren't yeah. proven or yeah. whatever. That's tougher. That's tougher, in my opinion, to do. Absolutely. So the bigger guys are, they're doing less, less quote unquote work, but they're just, they have just a quality. lot more avenues to, to success for that potential song, you know? Yeah. Um, what is the, is, the, pardon me for saying this, but in talking, hanging out with you guys, it, it seems, I, I know there's a lot of mystique and creating stuff, but it seems like it's, uh, Something that I thought used to kind of occur in people's minds or like on their back porch or whatever, like I, uh, realizing that it, it's formalized. Is that normal for? Is that normal for other Dude, musical genres where I you're like you like are making? It's like you're making a product. I think you would be shocked. I th- I think what I'm trying to say is that our genre is the most creative. Absolutely, is that right? Like you pop out Inspired. to LA, really? you pop percent. out to LA, buddy, and it is like an assembly line. There's 14 guys on one song, yeah. three guys in a separate room working on lyrics, three guys in a separate room building writing the, the track, demo, building the demo, three guys in a separate room doing the create, trying to create a signature lick for this thing, and it's like and, they may and send then it to a guy they may the go after all that's gone. That's nine dudes. They may decide that sampling an old Queen song is the way to go. So then you have to slap everyone that wrote that Queen song on top of the nine guys that wrote it together. And you're talking 14 or 15 dudes are credited with writing that one song. 
that's what it's really like on really popular music. It's insane. That's even crazy to me. Yeah. You know, and I've never been out yeah. to L.A. to write, but I just from my experience in Nashville and how we do it there, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine being in a room with that many people trying to get mm-hmm. something done. Jeez. And then they meet back up together, and then they put it all, you know, they might have a little 20-second track thing they build together in the beginning and go, all right, here's the basis, and this guy's sitting there humming something, you know. What would be an art, name an artist who... Like a pop artist who's pro, unless you don't want to, whose process is like this. All of them. Almost. Yeah, I would All say. Them, I, I mean, probably. wow. I would think it would be easier to name the guys who aren't. Who like right. I would say Ed Sheeran is. Ed Sheeran's one of, is not, one doing of the not, Ed doing not doing that. Ed Sheeran's not doing that. He's a pure songwriter. He's a s- absolute. But he's also the biggest artist in the world. Beyonce would be a good example of someone who's probably not. Adele. Literally is not connected. doing that. They're not literally connected to their songs as as much as like. I would say an Ed Sheeran or, or us. You know? I think Adele is probably one of the more organic ones out there. But yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying, trying to say is like, like they're they're inspired artists, right? They're, they're I, I make this analogy all the time in Nashville. There's like I have a guy I work with who's like kind of a rock guy, right? So when he comes in, everything he everything he throws out is going to be his. He has to write his own original ideas, like has to. He can't say anything that isn't true to his life. So it's he wants to do this, it's going to sound like this, and we're going to da-da-da. And your job as a songwriter that day is to help him convey the message that he wants to convey, correct? Yeah. So then there are guys like Luke who are pretty consistently inspired and have ideas and know what direction they want to go with songs but are also open to what maybe you've had happen in your life in the past six months right. or, or some sort of hook that you tuck back for them, and then you have other guys, and and look, I'm not saying any any one of these three people that I'm talking about here are wrong. It's just different ways of doing the business. So this far, this far, this guy over here, he may be just an entertainer, and he don't necessarily care what he's thinking about as long as he's on uh, Dancing with the Stars or some. You know what I mean? He just all he wants you to do is to give him a product. So in, for this guy, there would be no real point in me and this other guy getting together and write a song for this guy, right? Maybe not even me and Luke getting together and write a song for this guy, even though Luke can do that. And I'll make the statement that the guy he's talking about is not a specific person, obviously, but the guy that goes and strictly cuts songs is the is the pillar of giving these dudes jobs. Absolutely. 100%. Because without those guys, there's no these guys. Yeah. <laughs> if all the artists wrote their own songs, there would be no songwriting community. It wouldn't exist. I completely agree Because with that. those guys would just write their own songs in their house and put albums out, and that would be it. So how, how big is the songwriting community? So like how, be, many, how many Dan and Reeds are there? I mean, in the, it, I mean, it's been, I think in the year like 1990 to 95, there were almost 10,000 professional songwriters in Nashville that had publishing deals. Now, I think it's under 500. Yeah, it's like 400. What happened to COVID? <laughs> Re- no, the, the record, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to make money. Because it, well, records it's, don't sell. Yeah, anymore. records you don't make. Used um, to, you could get an album cut and not even a single, not get on the radio in the 90s and make a, make a good amount of money. I don't know the X amount of dollars you can I got make. A, I got a very specific Go for it, yeah. situation. So the Shania Twain album that came out in the 90s is double diamond which Who's means that have you been spinning under? Who's hard to just do? I wonder. Anyway, this time, that album sold 
legitimately sold. Did you get six some more of that? I was, yeah. I was getting that. That, was well, cool. that album sold 25 million copies, right? So the royalty, the, the predetermined royalty rate per CD sale is 10 cents per song to the writer that wrote it, right? So there is a song on that album that one dude wrote. It's a solo right, which means he made $2.5 million having a song on that album that didn't even get played on the radio. Nowadays, because it wasn't even like that particular tune never made like a Billboard hit or whatever. Yeah, right. it was but never even the, pushed out to CD. So he gets, but like wow. if me and Dan and Reed wrote that song, we'd be splitting that ten cents three ways, but and which would still be a, a tremendous amount of money. of money. But now, if you write a song that's not a single, I mean, the the revenue stream is just there's nothing there. Those, so you have two no, different that types. That album of sold that many copies. Yeah. It's one of the best-selling albums of all time. You that guys was, should explain single. Yeah. You yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. That's, like that's a, a good point. Let's, yeah. let's explain term. the difference between album cut and what a single A is. song promoted to radio by your record label is a single. Which, which you're hearing on terrestrial The radio. song that you're hearing when you turn the pop station on yeah. and you hear that Justin Bieber song or whatever, his team. He's cranking out his own shit for sure on his back porch. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that okay. I hope he's listening to this. That was dripping with sarcasm. He's a big hunter for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. no doubt. No, but it's like so that their team is collectively going. We think this is a a hit. So there, that's the song they're choosing to promote to radio as their next single. Yeah. And so an album cut, quote unquote, is a song that's on the record that never gets chosen as a single, but well, is a part of the collective work. But is on. I never the heard album. that song. Yeah. But yeah. The, I. Uh, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds out here on industry stuff, but it used to be that like, a single was released as a single, A side, B side. Sure, right? that and was the, a thing. In the way when, ass old days. Yeah, that's the you know when they were doing forty fives and yeah. you know and vinyls, vinyls and stuff. That was what probably was going on. That's where it came from. from was sure. a single song, right? And then there was a B side. There was two songs on it. You know, you play the one side, it's the single, and then you play the B side, and some unknown is, tune, which is what. Another word for album cuts would be B sides. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, the same yeah. thing. Is yeah. a is a B side. Can you guys take a stab? I don't care which one you does it. Take a stab at articulating the connection between uh, contemporary country music mm-hmm. and in in a broad sense the outdoors. Like the outdoors is revered. Sure. Right. Nature. And I don't know about nature. The outdoors and outdoor lifestyles are revered in country by s- country music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you do not say bad stuff about that stuff. I'm not exactly sure what your question is. I get what you, I, I think. It's not a question. It's think, not a question. I'd like you to speak to that. Oh, I, I okay. think he's saying speak to the correlation of the outdoor lifestyle and our particular genre of music. Oh God, it's touchy, isn't it? Is it touchy? Well, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't think it happens as much as it used to. There you go. Oh, really? It's I think not I, as I would guess that it it's more prevalent. No, I don't. Are think you it's saying prevalent. like lyrical content? The, like, the, lyri- like, the lyrical content. Okay, let's would, just say this. Would oh, I put, mean, who are the toughest guys you know? The guys that cut logs. The guys that Latin yeah, Latin Eagle. Eagle for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I could probably see, Yanni. yeah man, yeah. I can see him outside. I can see him running to my chainsaw. brother Matt. Yeah. Probably outdoors. He He's tougher did. than Yanni. No way. Oh, is he really? Yeah, dude. Way. Is yeah, he faster dude. than him in the sage? No way. He's tougher, man. I'm telling you, man. I had to the break. old kind of tough. 
Right. Old man Tra- strength. Traditional tough. Old man strength. Just like, dad strength. Dad yeah, strength. like eating <laughs> weird shit. So, all right. Well, my point weird is, <laughs> wake up my super point early. is, is that now perception is reality, right? Especially with the concept of social media. So, to me, I feel like as an outsider, I am a pure what what Nashville would refer to as a lunch pail songwriter. All right, I have no desire. <laughs> I have no desire to but become an explain artist. Explain that to people. Okay, I, I go into work, I write a song, and I go home. Clock I, I don't out live with that song for the week. and You know what I mean? I write another one tomorrow. It's my job. I clock in, I clock out kind of deal. Meaning pail. you take your lunch pail to work, write Literally, songs. yeah. No performing. I, I mean, I, I'll do a Bluebird show every now and then, but nothing... No, not really. It's nothing. surprised... I, I don't want to lose track. No, but I don't okay. come out. It surprised me the way you guys use the word artist. Like, you don't regard yourself as an artist. You feel that oh, an artist is a performer. I, I, I regard myself as the utmost of an artist. But you, that's not who you, I hear but you that's use artist to not, be a performer. Yeah, that's not what Nashville titles. <laughs> well, there's a miscommunication of what artist really means. It's an industry term. It's an yeah. industry it's an term. Industry term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Luke is an artist because he's literally developing his own ideas. That's what, to me, okay. what art is. Yeah, but that, okay, that's what I would define it as as well. So I'd say, you're an artist, you're a songwriter. Sure. You're an artist. You're a songwriter. Right, you're an artist. You're a songwriter and a performer. Let's so let's say just knock the word performer out and replace it with artist. Yeah, that's they're the same thing. Because Reed, you were saying you were, were at a time you wanted to be an artist. True, but now I, you're a songwriter. A, a touring, so touring professional. How about this? Just yeah. replace artist with performer. Yeah. At a time you wanted to be a performer, and now you're just a songwriter. True. That's all a the better while, way. Of all the while being an artist. All yeah. the while being okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So back to the back to the back to the. Pre- Perception is reality. So I'm, I, I think um, it looks pretty cool to be a big country tough guy, right? To be seen as that. And so if you sing about it, now you back it up with a little bit of uh, social media. Then before you, I mean, you post one picture with a deer head, or maybe you out there just uh, fishing, you know, or maybe you're uh, oh doing a little trap shooting, and all of a sudden. There's a little bit of a manliness attached to the name, and so when that song comes through talking about drinking cold beers on outside under the stars, uh, they can back it up with a little bit of pictures. It's like it's like cred or something. Country cred, that's what we called it. Yeah, yeah. like cred, like you you're like trying to up your credibility to. So I think it's more almost that because if you were to go listen to the top songs on the radio right now, I mean I don't think there's maybe not one that mentions the outdoors. The song that me and Dan wrote that's about to go to radio talks about... Eight Point Bucks yep. in Autumn. Yep. Freshly cut cornfields, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but that's probably the only one. Oh, yeah. But it's you think more so? like... Yeah, I would almost guarantee, I almost bet you. And it, but it used to not... Uh, usually what you get with pop music is them talking about, you know, their money or, or the girl or, or their boys or whatever in, in a confined space. But with with country music, it's... It's more nostalgia, you know, and, and, and you write to, to a feeling that you're comfortable with, which is which with most of guys like us, we, we grew up in the outdoors. And that's and you try to write what you know. And so for me and Luke and Dan, man, we're yeah, we're trying to write music that speaks to people and people can see and putting a little color in there if it's a if it's Coke cans, shooting Coke cans with a BB gun on a creek or whatever. Yeah, like the song I played last night, the the yeah. Rebel Kids tune. I that, like that tune. Appreciate that. Um, that that's that was Is that easy. tune out there. Yeah, Justin Moore. Justin Moore cut okay. that song. It's out there, um, but not with you doing it. No, well, I'll say I can send you me doing it. Oh, that'd be cute. 
Anyway, my whole point is that <laughs> that uh, you got to think about your audience, right? So, yeah. especially as an artist, I mean, let's just go back to Bieber. Bieber's not caring his he didn't he didn't care to be represented as an outdoors guy right. because the people listening to Bieber could give a hot shit less if he's ever shot a duck in his life, as opposed to country music where you have guys who are are appealing to these people who think manliness associated with countryness is hot, sexy, cool, or someone they w- they'd like to be, depending on male or female kind of. A couple of years ago, I read this book. I wish I could remember the name of it. It was about Nashville in the 60s. Uh-huh. And it kind of like history of Nashville, but focused on Nashville in the 60s. And reading it, I was surprised that dudes like Waylon right and people from his area and, and david allen Coe comes in and out of it um drug addicts and they it seems that they spent at times in their life the bulk of their time playing uh pinball but that isn't what the like in describing their life they don't describe their life that way no they would be like, let's go to Lukenbach, Texas. Correct. Right? Not like, let's go... Um, Snort a bunch of cocaine yeah, on Music Row. Do like shitloads of amphetamines yeah, yeah. and play pinball, pinball for days on end. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Because how that's kind of boring, right? Like JJ's Lukenbach. Market, right? That's where they went. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff yeah. Yep. Um, I got an interesting story. One of our best friends, a uh, songwriter, a guy named Michael Heaney. And uh, he's from that era. I mean, he was, he's had hits in the, what, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. I think it's 70s. So 70s, 80s starts there. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one running right now that's got hits. In the, so he tells decades. us. Like five different decades he's had a number one. He's awesome. No kid. Consistent oh, decades. Old crotchety <laughs> man just Dude, you would awesome. love him. Man. Takes no shit, shit dude. Yeah. None. But like, not a performer. No. Lunch pail. So <laughs> lunch wrote, a bunch of, wrote a bunch of those Eric Church songs. Okay. Oh, really? He wrote yeah. George Jones' uh Doing time, still doing time. Still doing time. Really? That's he, yeah. And he also wrote Eric Church's "Drink in My Hand." So yeah, that's yeah. how far apart he wrote ten rounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, he said some great, great yeah, songs. But uh, my point is, so back in the day, him, Christofferson, I think it was Waylon, and yeah. maybe Merle, were at A Cuff Rose, which is an older version of what Sony ATV is now, where I work now, and. That's exactly what they would do. They would all pile in on a Thursday after they'd written for four days, and they'd play songs to each other. And they would just do lines of cocaine. And he said, man, we were, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, we were jacked out of our brains, and we went to, it was like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, and they went to find the key to lock the uh, door. And they'd lost the keys to lock the publishing company up to leave. So they were like, well, what do we do? And they were like, I don't know. We're all, we, none of us can drive. You know, There weren't taxis back then. So they just all leaned up against the door, right? Like that way, if anyone came in to steal something, it would knock them all over and they would wake up. <laughs> so they, the next morning when the secretary got there, she came in the back door, unlocked it, came in, and, there, and, and took a picture of my buddy, Waylon Christofferson and Haggard, all leaned up against this glass passed door, passed out after a night of rocking. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> He's got that picture, man. Yeah. But speaking to your point, I think it's also like those guys you're saying, 
you know, do lines and then go play pinball. And you can't you can't write songs about those artists are very in tune and in touch with their fan, their fan base. Just about to say it's it's very similar to what happens now. Absolutely. Because those guys were were doing something that their fans would totally have not liked to hear them exactly sing about. Sing about. Because at, at that often. time the country fan was even more conservative. Yeah. As far yeah. as their religious beliefs sure. and their lifestyle than they are nowadays. You know what I mean? Nowadays you can be more loose with yeah. what you talk about and and do those. It's still the most conservative, you know, ethically speaking genre that exists. But way less so than it was in the 70s and those guys were doing way more extreme shit than the guys are doing now yeah that kind of stuff doesn't go on anymore because it just can't but in the era of social media and you know mm -hmm. you just you would be you know quote unquote canceled in you know a hot second man if it were to get out that you were doing that kind of stuff yeah you know what i mean reason i bring that up is in hanging out with you guys uh it's gonna sound corny. And hanging out with you guys for a few days, I was kind of, I felt like, oh, you know, they like they, they exemplify what I felt that like you exemplify the things that are applauded in the genre. Of that's in a way that I was I was like would have been more cynical about, not cynical in a bad way, but just like. Like I understand that that there's certain tropes and certain things that are gonna you know like, like, that are, that seem appealing to people going to the river at night to swim whatever like <laughs> oh, like oh, okay. agriculture being <laughs> like agriculture being good <laughs> um right right I got what you're saying and that. there's like like certain ideals stereotypes you know? and like good ideals yeah, too right. that like you when you make a commitment but let's to be a honest. friend you make a commitment to your wife, make a commitment to your family, yeah. like you stay absolutely right. Yeah. Sure. Um and like anyone you realize there's probably a lot of uh there's probably a lot of uh BS that gets sure. built into it. But then and hang out with you guys for a few days I'm like, holy shit man, these dudes are like country songs. Well <laughs> that's a, I mean I take that as a compliment. Me too. I, I take yes. that as a compliment I do too, yeah. Yeah man, I mean that's that's what that's what you want to be because you know I, the last thing I want to do is is try to write a song that that is fake to you know to me. Yeah, or, or, and you got to understand we can't take the credit for that. Well, sure, I, let me let me, let me look, I got to do better. I got to back up what I'm saying better. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I Dan was telling. I'm not going to tell what the story is about. Dan here was telling. He'll have to tell you the story on his own. He was telling me a very funny story that had a way different point. But with within the story, it touched on agriculture. But within the story, he explained it's an important part of the story that he explains how an evening goes down. Yes, in his home, and in his home at night, before bedtime, him and his wife like to go outside and light a fire and sit by the fire and spend an hour throwing the tennis ball for the dog. In which they have a couple drinks, yeah. stare at the flames, and then go to bed. I'm it's like, awesome that's night. some country music shit right there, man. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't telling me to be like, I'm so damn country. No, man. He was right, telling me right. a crazy story that I don't want to tell you. Well, but it was just a detail in the story. And I'm like, man, that's like a country song. Well, I think. Then that, that had me going, think about how me and my wife, by the time we put our kids to bed, sometimes, man, we just like, we don't do the whole fire and everything. Yeah. 
We just gotta. You're doing yeah. good. You just, just gotta wash dishes and like put the house back together and go to bed. <laughs> I'm guarantee you, there's nights that they don't go outside and don't sit around the fire too. They yeah, wash I'm not dishes. saying every night I walk out. That's not true. Every night I walk out shirtless and shut the chickens up. That is true. I do that. I was about to say that. I was about to say it. I was about to say it. it's not like we do that. But don't don't come man. creeping on me at 6 a.m. Or you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more than me than you want to because I'm gonna let them chickens out in my drawers. But I, I mean. <laughs> dude it's just it's what we love to do and it it was never contrived it was never uh hey man let's learn these things to uh seem more country yeah i mean our dad and our mom made we ate gravy and biscuits and uh we listened to skinner on the way to church yeah we went fishing on the weekends we went fishing on the weekends hunt. off the bank we we Pulled out stripers and filleted them on the bank. And, I mean, we were never like... Had dogs as best friends constantly. It wasn't yeah. just... It, I mean, we played tennis ball, baseball in the backyard. It's kind of where we grew up. And so it, it's 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 a beautiful thing to be able to not have to fake it. And, and I think that may be what makes our uh, point of view or, or, or songwriting craft, if you will, feel a little more authentic is because that's all we know how to talk about. And with that, I can't mean, fake it. yeah, and and I would I'd venture to say that if even if Luke wasn't a uh, performer artist or you know, and I we weren't songwriters, nothing about our lives would change. Shit, we'd still be doing the we'd, same we'd thing. We'd be doing we'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. We'd be living the yeah. same way where we're at. Yep. But thank you for saying that. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you think we bring out the good? Yeah, that, that's a great compliment for sure. No, I've enjoyed it, man. I've Go enjoyed ahead. it. Do you guys? Uh, this might not come as. Uh, there's a thing that goes on in the north, where now and then, uh, in the north, people like to, just as a joke, now and then, <laughs> gosh, here we go, speculate upon the lives of southerners. Okay, <laughs> we do the same thing. It's crazy. Yeah. That's what I didn't know until this. I didn't know that was a thing. What the y'all? The, the vice versa. I didn't know that you guys went down there. Goofed on us. Oh, oh what? Box? Oh, for sure. All the sacks. All pots. Four pots. We don't huh? even plant food. We just plant persimmon trees. <laughs> he does a good persimmon. Give him the persimmon. Oh, persimmons. You got some persimmon trees up there, you know. You just, two fillets. Oh, two fillets per salmon. Okay? <laughs> but usually two box will come in per salmon. Wait about six o'clock. <laughs> two box will come in per salmon. Do you guys not know what you sound like? <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I it was like, I mean, it's got it's nice. We were always told growing up that the reason that you don't realize that you have an accent is because everybody on the news does it in like a Midwest accent. Huh. And so I, when I heard you're take, watching the news, or, you know, it's like done how we sound. And so you don't notice it. Yeah. I had to take a class um, called, I think it was taught by Roger Gillis. And I think it was uh, a class called The Structure of Modern English. And Sounds thrilling. I actually does. It actually yeah. does kind of sound interesting to me. And I was in, kidding. Oh. And in this class, <laughs> in this class, it talked. It, it had like all these dialects on the map, and it was saying, and it was looking. At, it was he was focused for a while. I can't, I can't remember if it was him or not, but it doesn't matter. He was focused at. He was focused on three figures: Dan Rather, Peter Jennings, and Brokaw, because it was that era. And he was like, "What? How did we decide what a normal American sounds like?" Oh man, I love that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. 
and it fo- and it focused on this circle that kind of like included like I remember it captured Chicago and it was like this circle. Oh man, that's cool. And it was kind of like this is what we've decided it sounds like. And here's where it and comes this is from. the steps that you go to to represent that sound. And he presented it through like who presents America's news. Super Dang. cool, man. And like that's America. Yeah. Everything else derivates. Yeah. Well, and I, that can leave people f- who are from that area probably feeling pretty damn cocky. Yes. And those left <laughs> out feel, feel yeah. pretty left out. Feel like, feel <laughs> out. <laughs> he, he also, uh, in the same class, they got into this notion that if he said that if at the time, I, can't, I wish I could remember if it was the Revolutionary War or the Civil War, if you had somehow made a barrier along the Mason-Dixon line, that there was no exchange, that by now, which was now then, because this is a long time ago, that by now, these two groups would not be able to communicate. Wow. And he that's talked crazy. about because, and he looked at the technology that's emerged. Everything to do with automobiles. Everything to do with computing. Everything to do with materials, fabrics, cultural stuff. It's like, it would be that at this point, no way. Are you going to say all that stuff was made up north? So no, we'd be I'm down saying there we wouldn't have had the digging. shared. We wouldn't have. No, no, not at all. We wouldn't have the shared. Ex, we wouldn't have the shared exchange. Uh-oh. Talking about how quickly things would drift. You know, like the point being that it was like yeah. the vernacular of the South. Um, the agrarianism of the South, the industrialism of the North at that yeah. time. That it would have been like we we would. Now it, we'd look at it like France. Two separate or, entities. Yeah, that's super interesting. One of, our, drift. Yeah, one of our good buddies, uh, Marty Smith, he uh, he was a guy from North Carolina with a, a hard draw, right? But he he was he wanted to be in some sort of broadcasting thing, right? Yeah. He wanted he that's all he wanted to do was be in broadcasting. But he says he has this quote, and he says, "But you know, you boys know." Guys it, took, that, it took him a long time. He said, "Guys like us, guys that talk like us don't get those positions." Said that, and now he's an ESPN analyst. He works on NASCAR, of course, but he sounds like us. Started in he NASCAR. Didn't have to go to NASCAR. He didn't go to a language co- coach or something. No. No. no, no, and it's it's almost like what makes Marty Marty too is that that's his appeal. Absolutely, is like he's. I mean, one, he's very intelligent. And oh, he's yeah, great super great guy. Yeah. But he did start out in NASCAR. So you kind of get the prejudice of like, well, stick the Southern guy in the NASCAR thing. Right. And he does love NASCAR. Right. So, I mean, he's very knowledgeable on that subject. So he was obviously the right too. choice. And, but now he is mainstream. Now he does college football. That's right. Bat, I mean, he does everything now. He's, I would argue, one of, one of the most recognizable personalities. Media decided screen. to celebrate him as opposed Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think it, beca- it, it came. It took him a long time to get there, though, to yeah. like break down that thing of His, like, man, you just don't sound appealing to the entire United States because of your Southern accent. Yeah, his personality mm-hmm. outspeaks his Southern draw, and that's why yeah. I think that's what ESPN gave into, and now it's, it's, it has become a part of the Marty Smith brand is, is the way I talk, you know, the way he talks. I'm, I'm aware of it, man, and, like, it's almost, it, it look a lot better for me to not uh, – it look a lot better for me to not acknowledge this, but I think that it's, like, fair to acknowledge that there was, there's a legit – um, it, it, it's not fanged. I mean, like it's not, it doesn't have like strong teeth. There is a legit perception. It's true, man. There's people like in the North be nice as shit to whoever, but there's people that 
when they hear a, like a Southern country thing, it's like whatever that person's saying is less important or somehow less reliable. Really? Oh, dude, I'm telling yeah, you, man. I hate to sure. tell you it. I hate to I've tell never, you it. I've never experienced that. I hate to tell you it, but true. it's like a That's thing. You'll, I've even had good friends of mine it, 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 talk about it like, Meet like they may be like you know meeting an engineer yeah. from from somewhere, Berman, and at first they're Bar- kind of like, from Berman, Berman, but how? Yeah. But you? Oh, I get I get what you're saying. Like, how would you? Like, yeah. Who, who are you to tell me about like the instructional integrity of yeah such and such? You're from Birmingham. Metal under right. duress. Like like how would that? Shouldn't you be telling me about corn? Well, I'll be. Do you know uh, what I mean? Rain, I, yeah. I'm telling you, dude. I know exactly what I, you're I saying. I hate to admit it, but it's like a thing that you grew up around. We grew up out. We grew up on all kinds of other prejudice that I don't really feel like even talking about. But like, it's just shitty things people say. There's cultural differences, and and that's no doubt about it. I, I probably shouldn't say talk about this, but I actually the I dated a girl recently. You know, my past relationship. Ooh, that she sticky. Was, I don't know if you want to go there, buddy. Was, oh, please, please. She was from <laughs> Ohio, northern Ohio, and and had a northern accent and then the whole thing and i would go up there and visit her family and almost would feel out of place no not almost i felt out of place every time i went because it was such a different environment that i grew up in and that i knew every day and honestly that put a big thing between me and her and 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 we never like it was never a spoken thing but like the way we were raised and the way you know belief systems or whatever like it just Something about where she's from and where I'm from did not match up. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's. I I, I think you're kind of addressing more of the, the fact that there there was like a little bit of a negative connotation whenever someone spoke. Stereo, yeah, just stereotype. Uh, I, yeah. I used to work with a guy in Denver that uh, it's kind of like a melting pot. It's like not really anywhere. It's Midwest. It's West. Where is yeah, it? Yeah. So transient. Right. So yeah. he was and from now Oklahoma. like a huge Hispanic influence too, man. No. Yeah. yeah. So he was from Oklahoma, had a really strong Southern draw. One of the smartest people I've ever worked with. And it took a long time for... Do we claim Oklahoma? Does the South claim Oklahoma? I, don't know. I feel like it's... I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll tell you what South is. That's, that's Southern. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But he had he had this really strong. I'll, feel, I'll, I'll feel that one. He's 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 crazy smart. But when we were working at at this company, um, it took a while before people would acknowledge that what he was saying was intelligent. Really, and, and some of the people that were maybe from the upper Midwest, maybe not as smart or good at their job, but seems like people took him more serious right away because he talked differently because he talked different. That is really For interesting. Sure. Really, yeah. I would venture to say though, the majority of those guys. Could give it rats less. What you think? No, you're right. I, I mean, honestly, how, and, it, it kind of comes with the territory. It's like uh, I don't necessarily care if uh, somebody thinks I'm not as intelligent because of my dialect. I'll w- happily walk out there in my uh, cushy shoes and stomp a mud hole in that ass and just go home. That's at my buddy. I was talking to him about it one day. He he was fluent in Mandarin. Nobody would even believe him. <laughs> Wouldn't believe him. Like that's not no, Mandarin. No, he would. He would say something. He's like, just choking. Nobody could verify. They're like whatever. But I was talking to him. He's like, no, I'd rather them assume that I'm I'm an idiot and then surprise them than the other way around. Yeah, you know. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. 
And you weigh your options, like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick, sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance. And man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Dan, you mentioned jokingly. Uh, well, I heard you say two things. That, that, um, I heard you, we were talking about like someone being distinctly northern. 
and you'd mentioned but I'm little, picking on you guys I know, pretty well, I know too, you, yeah, totally like and I welcome it okay. but like stuff, things that are funny are often funny because there's they're like there's a like a hint of truth a little bit yeah absolutely so you mentioned like you you joked about pretentiousness and then you joked about how we you said you oh, felt gosh. like we're sometimes that we sometimes like on this show discuss <laughs> the south discuss the south in a way you're like they they talk about it they don't know what they're talking about I just, well, it would be like me talking about persimmons. You know what I mean? I'm never. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I no, I'm just saying. In order to get the the flavor correct of of what you think you're talking about, you got to spend a little time with it. You know what I mean? And I'm not bagging yeah. on you or or anybody else. Uh, I mean, we make a, we make a lot of fun of people that have strong accents, but it it's not because oh, it's my if I could lay out my favorite things in life it's my favorite is listening to you guys <laughs> tell us how we sound <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty close right oh it's dead on yeah, yeah it's dead on nah, i'm just saying <laughs> nah man i i think it's interesting that you said that about that there's some truth it always seems to be a little funny if there's a little truth in it i would venture to say that songs are the same way if you can find a way to sprinkle in some of your reality into what you're trying to sing. I mean, he can speak to this way better than I can as far as it's probably a little bit easier to sing to 40,000 people every night if it's something you actually live to believe in. For sure. Yeah, I would agree, man. I mean, I think for me, it's like there is no need for me to feel like authentic, you know? Like I don't feel that pressure that I think a lot of other performers in my genre feel. You know, because I, I feel like I'm very open and honest with my fans about, you know, where I came from and how I grew up and the things that I did, you know. And the things that you do now. Yeah. Right. And things that I do now, you know. And then like I think there's there's something there's something to be said about, you know, somebody who can just be themselves like fully. And that's me, you know, I, I feel, you know, it's like nah, absolutely listen, man, like I'll tell you right, right on this podcast, like I didn't grow up hunting. I just I didn't. It's not something that my dad did. He grew up in the Rust Belt in Ohio, and he didn't go hunting with my grandfather because he was a truck driver, you know, for his entire life. And they lived in a, you know, suburban neighborhood and outside of Akron, Ohio. So it just wasn't something that they did. So that wasn't something that my my father passed on to me. It was something that I gained an interest in after I started doing music as an escapism type thing absolutely from the daily grind of my job yeah so i don't go out and say man i you know i've been skinning squirrels since day one and using bones like a toothpick you know what i mean it's like <laughs> i just don't say that because no. it's not true yeah. and so i you know i've always been cool with that you know i'm just fine being who i am and and just just telling people like it is you know and i i think you, I think you, fans you've like appreciate that. that. Yeah, well, I know? think you've made. I hate you've made it. Um, I think you've made being open about who you are and like verbalizing your flaws sure. or whatever, like sure. part of like your thing, which puts you in a pretty sure. comfortable position. Oh, man. Absolutely, yeah. definitely. Where you're not like sitting there yourself. being like, "Man, I hope the shit doesn't catch up to me." Yep. <laughs> right. No doubt. And I definitely, I, I definitely think that that would be an exhausting position but isn't that what a lie in. does isn't that what a lie does across the board absolutely if you make this yeah, stuff no matter what up, it is regardless of what it is yeah. and, and i realized recognized this honestly about what 10 years ago in my life that it, i told you honest this 
long-legged Giannis. I said, dude, if you want to find the quickest way back to the truck, you need to follow your boy because I'm going fi- to find it. I'm going to find the easiest, fastest way back to the truck. <laughs> And he was like, "All right, man, we'll tr- we'll try your way this time," you know, <laughs> which actually turned out to be wrong. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I mean, I I decided ten years ago that it 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 took less energy because <laughs> because we all have energy, right? You're devoting so much energy towards certain things, right? You only have so much to get. Right, mental energy being but, a huge part of that. Absolutely, and it takes more mental and sometimes literal energy to keep up the facade and sell the lie than it does to just tell the truth and deal with the consequences. And so we stopped, we stopped white fudging anything and I just living honest. I think the interesting thing is like, if you're honest from the jump in, in our genre, I don't, I don't think there are any consequences. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's going to go, that guy don't skin big bucks. Well, if you don't talk about skinning big bucks, no one's going to say that you're not doing it. Right. So just sing and talk about the shit that you actually do. That's the thing that people need to understand. Like they try to come in and fit this mold mold that's perceived. That's really not even there, man. There's yeah. nobody in town going signing a guy and going, Dude, we got to get this guy in a food plot. I mean, God, you know what I mean? It's Immediately. Like, that's yeah. not happening. You know, nobody's doing that. You know what I mean? And so I don't understand why there are some guys who are, feel so pressured to try to, like, fit in with their fan base. Like, guy that does it well is Eric Church. Yeah. yeah. Does well. He well. just does what he does so unapologetically and is so left of center of what – I think the stereotypical, the guy that maybe doesn't listen to country music thinks what a country music singer is. He's so left of that mold and so outside of the confines of that particular, you know, stereotype. And But he's never in a magazine going, dude, I'm a big hunter and I'm out fishing all the time. Like, he never says that. Yeah. So he doesn't have to try to acknowledge that or back it up with photo evidence or you know, a need to feel like he's cooler than somebody else. Like he doesn't do that, which fucking makes him cool. That's yeah. what makes him cool is that he doesn't do that, yeah. in my opinion. The like you it know. or leave it. Yeah. You know. It's take it or leave it thing. Take yep. me as I am or not. Or, yeah. I make music that I like, people like it, and I don't make music for people that aren't going to like it. So I don't care if people don't like it. Ooh, I like that a yeah. lot. Good stuff. That's a hook. I, I just wrote it down. <laughs> you guys see me write that six, down? Six way. Come on. I think six I appreciate way. about. I think I appreciate about country is that you can uh, embrace things that are becoming increasing like hot for people outside. Like you look at a dude, you know, even like actors. Who's the who's the Pratt? Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah. Oh, he does. Well, yeah, but yeah, he, gets, big he gets slapped yeah. in the face every time he yeah. does it, man. Really. Yeah. Oh, and you like be like, oh yeah, we killed a lamb on the farm, and then all of a sudden, Peter's just like just, murder, you're he's, a murderer. Yeah, right, then he's right. got to kind of yeah. chill on it, you know. I mean, and then he's he not might, holding the lamb up like by the back of the no, head with the blood dude, just drain it, is he? saying like oh, knowledge. Just saying, and I've had other people. I wish I could. I wish I could say this dude's name, but I don't want to just be. It'd be helpful if I could say it, but like explaining to me flat out, explaining to me over the phone that he's a closeted hunter. 
and he's got a secret game room. No Dang. way. A secret game room. Because he has to hold a certain perception. The, he had a little thing built Man, off his office. I'm glad that's not the case, dude, for me. Well, sounds it's awful. serious. There's like people that can't go near it, can't be seen with it. And it's like the fact that that, the fact that on one hand in America you could have uh, involvement, right? Involvement in media and be in the public spotlight and have it be that you can't. And if you do, you got to lie to have it be that you don't. But then here's this other like thriving industry where you have to lie and say you do. Where you, it's right. like how, so oh. people come and hit me. <laughs> I've been on this thing lately. Like people talk about the polarization of America, you know? And, and I'm like, from, the, from a media standpoint, I'm super sensitive, but political media. I'm like very sensitive and very nervous of the polarization of America. Like, sure. I don't want it to happen, man. I'm like very worried about the fabric of the country. But then the thing I keep reminding myself is every single time I go outside, every time I go outside, nice shit happens around me. Yeah. Come on. Yep. I don't Absolutely. have any idea what the dude next to me, the dude next to him, the dude next to him, the dude next to him, I have no idea who they're going to vote for. But when I see those guys, it's, what's going on, man? You need any help with anything? I got to be out of town for the weekend. If you don't mind checking in, I'm going to go ahead and like, well, I know you got to go away. I'm going to watch your situation. Heads up. I saw the kids over there. They seem to have a gun. Like, it's like friendliness. Like I would agree with positive that. interaction after positive interaction. I go to the gas station. People are cool at the gas station. Oh, yeah. Like, everywhere you go, like, someone's cool. I'm with you guys. Everybody's cool. But then all we hear about is, like, the world's falling apart. But then, then I think, like, how can it be, like, you take something like a, a affinity for hunting. Like, how could it be that, like, if you like this kind of music, it's celebrated. If you like this kind of music, you got to hide it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is and a lot of the same people are listening to all the same stuff. Exactly right. It blow. I, I can't figure out where, uh, that's just, like, an example of uh, it's just hard to picture that we're all in these wildly different trips. You think there's guys wildly with like, different trips. Yeah. Wow, you think like true. that particular guy, right? For instance, I'm not sure who it is. We we haven't discussed, but you think that particular guy has like another Instagram account, like just to follow me eater. I don't know, but you know what? That I would couldn't be- figure out why he wanted. I could not figure out why he wanted to get me on the phone. And my wife's like, oh, my God, this guy wants to talk to the phone? So we talk, I, I was like, I don't know. what I had no idea. I was like, well, definitely, like, if this dude calls, you call him. I call him. I'll tell you later. Yeah. All he wanted to do was, <laughs> he all just, he wanted me to do is tell him. All he wanted, he to, do wanted to talk was, hunting. He wanted to. He just wanted, yeah, some justification. Never heard another word from him. Wow. wow. He just wanted to shoot the shit for 45 minutes. Unreal. Wow. That's unreal. With a fellow hunter. Yeah. 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 Dude, I can't imagine having to hide that, oh, man. Ugh, that'd be awful, man. <laughs> I yeah. could. I don't think I could. Just can't even make it's... your own stock with your box. Oh, oh, the box stock. Box stock. Box stock on the. You know, you can't even put that on the. Can't box. put that on Instagram. Boxstagram, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Boxstagram. That's gonna be my next Instagram. Boxstagram. 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 That's gonna be your burner. Boxstagram. I think you bring an interesting point. Wait. The second I get outside, it seems like I go to the gas station and people are cool. You know, yeah, you're not like, holy cow, the world's falling apart. <laughs> oh. they, I went to the gas station and they punched me. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, immediately, I'll take two. Pump two. I completely agree with that. I, I mean, I. It just, you know, you, you get here. 
I got to, the first second we got on the bus after we met all y'all, uh, Northern speaking jokers, we were just like, dude, there's not a jerk in that whole group. <laughs> we were like, this is gonna be a fun. This is gonna be fun. But you guys were expecting out of I eight mean, of us, there'd be one. You try to like sniff them out, dude. There's more of eight. There's more than eight of y'all out there. I mean, there's a there's a, you got a little bit of a posse. Yeah, I cooked gravy for hours last night. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, that, yeah, dude. Just we going just, by the gravy alone, I can tell. There was. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, there's usually a there's usually one in there, and there wasn't. Man, we've had an unbelievable week. The landowners have been cool. You know, I just I don't know if it's as bad as as they like to say it is, man. I, I, yeah, and I guarantee you, based on if anyone listening could see, if you lined up all the people here, I feel like it would be a massive spectrum of political, religious, Absolutely. and social yeah. beliefs. Absolutely, yeah. and there hasn't been one guy that's like, man, I don't like that dude, man. I just don't get that guy because we all have this common bond of like being out here. Enjoying ourselves, cooking, eating food, talking, laughing, and stuff. Like, there's never once been like, Giannis, who you voting for, pal? Yeah, not one <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, it's just like that doesn't matter to me, man. No, and, and that's that's you know? another thing. That's a beauty of of the outdoors. Is like in a in a world and in a culture that is ever changing, man. Daily, outside is a constant. You know that that going to hunt in a tree stand sitting in a tree and watching a buck walk out is that that's the same you know like that's that's a that's a constant thing that you can always escape to bro coming in with some those good some nuggets right there well you, uh, I, 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 <laughs> listen saying it's dude, not as I'm, normal as like when luke's I, I, i'm <laughs> with you and i've been thinking about it i've been thinking about that idea of the constancy of nature because yeah. we've been working on this book project um not to be confused with our Wilderness Skills and Survival book project, ladies and gentlemen. Which cool is available flex. Soon, go, pick, go pick it up. Which cool is flex, available man. soon. Yeah. Uh, pre, pre-order. pre-order. You can pre-order now. Yeah, cool in flex. fact, you can pre-order nice, now. Nice, man. Yeah. Where can they pre-order, Steve? Uh, anywhere books are sold. Good deal. Anywhere books are sold. Um, flex, anywhere boxers. There's this box. Anywhere, anywhere boxers box are sold. <laughs> go get your box. Paper box. <laughs> We're going to have this other book project <laughs> about kids, like ki- having to do with kids and nature. And in it, in thinking about this book, I've been thinking about this idea that uh, that we invite kids, our kids, invite people to like feel. We we invite them to all these like forms of community. In 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 life, sure. meaning like your your community, like you know the little place you live. Um, we are invited to be participants in social media community. We could be invited to be participants in like being fans of uh, Luke Combs, right? Or fans of the local high school community and you feel like you're part of that. Mm-hmm. And you might feel like you're part of the you know church and you're part of that. Um, but not doing enough to make, n- not doing enough to invite kids to feel like they're part of a, a, an ecosystem. Wow. Right? Or like part of like, a, like nature, sure. like something. And so I was like looking at all these ways in which, you know, you can you can just in your own yard, whatever it is, if you live in an apartment, like your balcony, I don't know, wherever you are, like you could participate, sure, and be like, man, I noticed that the sun was a few months ago rose over there, and now it rises over here. When I turn on my water, and water comes out, um, where did that water come from? Huh. Like, did it f- 
did it falls rain snow how did it get here is it part of an aquifer does the aquifer grow shrink when you flush your toilet like what is that water's path to the ocean right and you start piecing together that you're sort of in, involved with the world the threading of the, the, yeah. fi- the physical world absolutely and you'd in- invite to be in that community and i was thinking about how it's uh perhaps really comforting because there's this constancy right yep. sun all these like predictable patterns 100%. and i'm always telling my kids this well the other day uh not the other day a couple weeks ago we look up on the mountain near our house and there's like a pillar of smoke coming out of the mountain and it's like the size it looks like like the size of a wheelbarrow right burning by the time i can go inside and get my spotting scope that some bitch is like over the ridge top the next day burns down houses of friends of ours wow we're like under evacuate standby for evacuation so orders you saw it super small dude like we saw it like a campfire is that what we, it was? We saw it so small that we're debating whether to call 911 or not. No, here's the thing. A, two weeks earlier, they have this map that shows all the lightning strikes. Yeah. Now, I was talking to a firefighter, buddy. I'm like, why don't you guys just go? If you know where they're at from radar, why don't you just go to them all? He goes, because there's a thousand of them. A thousand like, of you, what? You know, lightning, lightning, lightning strikes. Lightning he goes, you can't, I was uh, like, well, if you know there's one there, why don't you go put it out? He's uh, like, yeah. good luck. Yeah. You know, it might be hundreds or thousands That's, of them. That was what ended up Doing it, doing it was it hit a strike. tree, it, a lightning strike two weeks earlier. Gosh, hit a tree, and it smoldered. Wow! Inside the tree and underground. Then whatever, one day it smoldered its way out. Yeah, from the and outside <laughs> in, or from so the inside out. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh yeah, just smoldered inside the tree. No one knew. People, it's right by this wow. like hiking trail. No one knew. There's like a, this little ember in there from a lightning strike that was and about it, to bam, burn the whole forest. Up. Blows yeah. up and like you know. Burns 11,000 acres. Gosh. Then I'm sitting there thinking, this is like a long digression. But then I'm like, and there's also the really scary, wildly unpredictable shit about being involved in the natural world. Like it's real consistent and cool, and then all of a sudden, it burns your house down. Everything's on fire. (laughs) It burns your house down, man. So it's like a complex relationship with it. Well, I, don't even, I don't even remember what I was talking about. I, well, you were talking Conscious. about kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. kids. Yeah, I heard this analogy one time that was pretty cool. Um, man, I hope y'all didn't say it. Otherwise, it's going to look like I'm giving you a comp- like a compliment. And we, Lord knows we don't need that terrible. To uh, but it, it's it's essentially like if nice you take... guys, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> he just made fun of himself. <laughs> if you take a bunch of plastic toys to... Uh, if, if we had a gymnasium and we put 100 kindergartners in it, and you took a bunch of po- toys and you put them in the middle and all the kids just flooded and played with them for 15 to 20 minutes and eventually it would get pretty exhausted. Not COVID it. safe. Not no COVID way. safe. Not, not saying in this current COVID era safe. we would do that. But, <laughs> okay, and then you... In the old days. <laughs> and then you, you put them back, you know, you took all the toys out. You took a little bag and you walked to there and you opened the bag and there was a puppy in it. And how many kids would eventually just bam get right on it? Everybody wants to touch it. Everybody wants to see it. And I think, I think deep within us, even as as children, we're we're born with the idea of of wanting to be connected to that world. It's just we as adults have wrapped work and life and city and concrete around it so much they have to literally fight through layers of existence to even feel the grass under their feet, man. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that it, with my child, I have a, a new one-year-old. I mean, we're already taking our shoes off and walking outside and 
and dealing dealing with with you know with with figuring out that we are connected to that and how to take care of it responsibly and enjoy it at the same time. It doesn't have to be work all the time, you know. Yeah. Shane Mahoney said that on uh, Randy Newberg's podcast. Oh, Randy's Dan loves podcast. Him. He's a nice guy, him. dude. Yeah. Podcast. Nice guy. What uh, what's your Luke? This is your first hunting trip out uh, on the Great Plains. Yeah, yeah. Impressions? It's great. It are, they are the Great Plains. I'll <laughs> These tell you plains that. are great. These plains are, really, are great, really great. <laughs> <clears throat> and they are plain, and they are great. No, no, man. It was. I mean, it's obviously drastically different than anything I've I've done. You know, like I said, I'm I'm not uh, not a lifelong hunter checking in here. So. And I'm drawing off the past five or six years of, of my personal experience, which has mainly been hunting in the South, you know, in, in the hardwoods of the South, pretty much is where I've hunt, you know, deer, turkey. That's pretty much my lexicon of, of going and hunting, you know, some bird hunting and stuff like that, but all in the same environment. So to, it wasn't a gradual move. It wasn't like, oh man, well, we went to Tennessee and then we slowly piddled out to like, Missouri and then we got into Kansas and it was like you don't it wasn't working my way out it was like it went from Tennessee to Wyoming like in two and a half hours yeah you know what I mean yeah and so you come out and it's like I remember thinking the first day that we went out when me and you went out and it was like you see this animal that's 800 or a thousand yards away from you it's cool to be able to see that in Tennessee, it's like a it's a glimpse. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so it's, many trees you can't. It's see. a glimpse. Oh, yeah. Like they come out in an open spot, and they might be out there for five minutes tops, and then they're back on the other side of the woods. You know, they're passing through, or they're coming in to feed for five or ten minutes, and they're back in the woods. Like their safe place is where they want to be, and there kind of is no safe, quote unquote, safe place for an animal to be in that sense here like there's not a lot of cover there's not a lot of you know places to like there's not a lot of holes and crevices to get in when we saw that when we saw that mule deer you know pushed up against that cliff face there it was like where where's he gonna sit out in the middle of the yeah you know thousand acre field yeah he had like worked very hard to find a little little (laughs) spot where something couldn't see him and here we are you know, seeing him ruining his <laughs> spot, you know, what I mean, kind of thing. But it was so different, man, and it was so fun to to have like the challenge of getting to the animal. I think was my favorite part of it, I, in a way. You know what I mean? It's never to me. It's never been about killing something. That's not. You mean you know, all the snaking around and going yeah, around, man? And, yeah. Like that was the neat thing, and like and like obviously a, a huge part of it has been you know learning from you and spending time with you out there was also a, you know really awesome for me as well. That's not normal in a hunt. Obviously, we're not going to be hunting together every weekend. You know what I mean? So like that was neat, and I took that in as well. But it was like going with someone who knew what they were doing was huge for me. Like it wasn't like. All right, well, we're going to park the truck, and there's one over there on the side of the road. It was good, good like, luck. you know, good, just get out, and we'll get it, and we'll drive the truck up there and go get it, and then that'll be it. It wasn't that. You know, I would never have wanted it to be that. So going down and hiking down this huge, you know, mountain, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's not, you know, Mount St. Helens or something, but it, it's definitely not a hill either. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? No. And so going down that and going back up and – 
you know, getting spotted and then you're like, well, that's not going to work and just trying things. And then finally, when you get there and it, and it all works out, like being a part of that, like that doesn't happen in, in Tennessee, except for when you're turkey hunting, Yeah, which is why I love turkey hunting in Tennessee so much. Right. Is it is Casey kept telling that Casey's the landowner, uh, I believe, but he kept saying all my buddies call turkey hunting, poor man's elk hunting. Because oh. they're calling back to you. You're trying to find them. response. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, and I think that's a really solid analogy. But I think it was a little bit... It, it was everything I loved about turkey hunting on a way more grandiose scale. Minus the, you know, the call and response yep. element of it. You know? yeah. You're trying to stay hidden. You're trying to figure out how you're going to get there. Where do we need to set up? How do we approach it? I don't know. It's just there, there's something... You can really get lost in that moment you know and my job can be so in, insanely chaotic and like over over sensory you know deprivation is like doesn't even begin to describe you know being in like a television studio and it's like all right three minutes we're doing this and two minutes we're like down to the minute of what we're gonna do and just sitting there for an hour waiting for somebody to waiting for something to walk out on top of a mountain with people that you like hanging out with is just, I mean, it's pretty refreshing. You can't even put a, yeah. a price on it yeah. in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, a thing I was explaining to, to Luke, not that I need to explain this to him, but we we're just, I guess it's more like we we're discussing this is in the, the, there are very few trees here. I mean, mo usually you can't see a tree. Usually sure. they're like most places you go in this area in Wyoming, there's, you can't see any vegetation that would be, higher than your calf true like most of the time that's yep. the case it yep. might be like Fair. a scattered yeah. bit of junipers or something but like yep. typically within a thousand yards of you there'd be like no thing higher than your calf and i was saying that it creates the illusion because you can see so damn far you can always see something out there an antelope or whatever it creates the illusion of there being a whole bunch of stuff you're like man there's because we're like being like right. oh my god there's someone over there and someone there look at all these animals but i was saying if you took every square mile section and took all the things that live there and put them in a pile right in the middle of that section. It would be small little piles. Yeah. Yep. And there would be a lot of sections that the pile, there was nothing to put in the pile. Mm -hmm. And if Maybe you went down to Tennessee and farmland in Tennessee and took all that square mile and put it in a pile, you'd have a heaping pile. That's yeah, true. That's very true. Like I a agree with that. pile of like a pile of all like a tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be like, piled well, up there. Like a crew bus. <laughs> like a yeah. crew bus. Like second to like a jungle even, I feel like. Only second to like a true jungle. Yeah. You know? In like but jungles actually don't have that much life. Really? We've Come learned on, from being really? down there. Really? Yeah, and you've heard the a lot stories. Of veg, a lot of, of vegetation. vegetation. Well, we've, we've, Luke's but, never toured the Congo, so we haven't been. Yeah, we'll let true. you know when we <laughs> true. do. True. No, but early explorers that went and did trips had that same thought and went down there and got their butts in big trouble. Because they just thought, oh, there's going to be fish and just game everywhere. It's I mean, the jungle. I, th I think I, I, I up thought until this moment, just until yeah, this moment, really right interesting. Dumb Southerners, there. dude. Oh, we're so dumb. Dumb Southerners. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Dumberners. Yeah. Um, no, well, I wish the, the, I wish I'd learned something. Tennessee from Yanni. can just support a lot more. Uh, that you know, that habitat can just support a lot more animals. So uh, we, we, we were talking about uh, cows per acre. And uh, Casey's father here said that it takes roughly, what was it, 48, 48 acres to support a cow and a calf for a year. And then 
uh, Dan was saying that back in Tennessee, you can do that on one. Yeah. That's Capper good. Acre, yeah. Water. Yeah. It makes a big yeah. difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they were saying yeah. that, oh, he said, well, we consider that irrigated. And I was like, there ain't no pipe and water coming to my stuff. He was like, no, no, it's like rain. That's <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'm so dumb. Irrigated well, by the rain. Right. I think a good, I think a good, a good, uh, you know, a good thing to get into to describe what we're talking about too is off camera on this time that we've been here. I shot, got to shoot a turkey, and we opened up that pouch. You know, dude, how vibrant was that smell, we, man? It was crazy. We opened that thing, and you were like so keen on like what's in there. Didn't one of the camera guys just throw that on his plate last night? I think it was Lauren. But it was just grass, pretty much. What was that stuff? Mm-hmm. One that type of those and olive. The rush, uh, a non-native yeah. plant. Uh, again, yeah. a non-native plant. Sure. That is spreading like what too was fast. What Russian was olive. Really? Yeah, Russian olive. But when you go to Tennessee, man, you cut that thing open and it's got everything under the sun in there, man. I mean, there's corn in there. There's acorns in there. There's grass in there. There's, you know, I mean, the bird seeds. I found mouse in remnants in one of my turkeys' crawls. Oh, time. is that right? Yeah. I like that word craw. Do you know what y'all call it? Not a crop. 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 Oh. I always thought it was we a call crop. It crop. No, it's, it, it, it's one of them them Yankee yeah. things, man. The border. Mason Dixon. Yeah. You know, crop, not a craw. Thank goodness we can communicate. Uh, what's your... You guys cooked. Explain what you guys cooked to us the other night. Cooked for us. Last night we did a. Uh, we had antelope backstrap. It's called country fried antelope. Country fried sure. antelope. Yeah, yeah. We we do a dredge of of milk and ah buttermilk. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't do give a, me no egg wash. Do Keep a dredge that. and and just cut cut antelope backstrap to to two finger width and and we scored it last night because the antelope hadn't had a ton of time to to break down uh, those muscles and be super tender so we scored all the pieces and went into a buttermilk dredge and then we went into self-rising flour with a little tony saturies mixed in with it a little kick yeah a little kick it was a nice little kick and you throw that into a pot of uh of canola oil that's that you've got heated up or vegetable or whatever or bear or bear lard if you're a fan of the meat eater podcast apparently that's a real a real big we got a jar of bear fat for you guys i know i'm excited you better not you better not Use that without us, by the way. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be super I'm pissed. Off it's artist. I'm going full artist tonight. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Dang, artist night. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we we but shallow fry, shallow fry. fry. You don't, not, you don't, not like, yeah, you don't, not bu- fully submerged. You don't dunk them in there. It's a flip fry. You know, you you're, you're gonna flip halfway through it. Um, we had that, and and then to top it off, we'd made a little sawmill gravy that uh that was passed down from my meemaw to my dad and down to me and RIP we were RIP man and I, I told the camera last night like every time you know we would show up at my grandmother's house my my meemaw's house you would either smell one of two things you'd either smell um chicken and dumplings that she that she made or paul malls <laughs> yeah that, that was all you're always smelling that yeah you're always smelling that um chicken and dumplings or a big thing of of gravy and biscuits and and sausage and bacon and uh, that's what we had last night. We just had a little southern fried antelope with a little sawmill gravy and, and biscuits. Palm Mall Mill gravy. Palm yeah. Mall Mill gravy. Do you guys feel that you, um, like, day in, day out, do you guys feel like you're, like, uh, you, that you eat southern? Pretty much. 
I don't know, man. Is Taco Bell Southern? (laughs) (laughs) Is that consider that Southern? (laughs) I'll say this: we grew Southwest. We definitely grew up. Everything was fried, man. Growing up, I mean, we dude, we fried our chicken, our fish, you know. Uh, But but now, man, I I think we've we've branched out a little bit and are trying to to calm the old uh, cholesterol down a little bit. Well, I don't. Do you? I mean, do you consider? that the only way for a country meal to be made is fried. Like, I, I mean, I would say just like even eating country is, is a lot of chocolate pie around. I'll admit that. Yeah, man, there's, I mean, there's, there's some Southern things. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a bunch of Southern things. I'd say chocolate pie is Southern. I mean, I would consider that pretty, pretty Southern. Pecan I do. Pie, do you like pecan? pecan pie. Yeah. yeah, yeah pecan, pecan, pecan pie. Pies. Pumpkin pie for yeah, sure. Pecan. You say right, pecan? Huh? Yes. Correct. Say it correctly. How do you say it? LB or LE? No, that's how we said it. I thought down south. I say, I say pecan. Yeah. I say both sometimes. Oh, I go, it's kind of back and forth for me. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options, like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Hey, man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. 
So, when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out, there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This gets me into a whole other segue that's very important. Oh, please, man. I was going to ask you more about Southern food. For all of our friendships. But we were talking about how we all didn't ask each other different things. But this is one thing I will be judging all of you upon i'm just gonna go so let me let me paint the room the room for you here we're in my bus i'm sitting on a a nice love seat mr patelis is to my left reed is to his left dan steve torque clockwise clockwise a circle yeah clockwise so i'm gonna start with yanni and go crappy or crappie crappie gross yeah crappie 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 brutal Really? You're crappy? We can't be I'll friends just, anymore? Yeah, I'm just going to take care of it. Just like that? Yeah. Yep. Do you, okay, if you go Luke to the bathroom, the do you take a crap or a crop? Crap. <laughs> right. Yeah, was, I mean, there's two. There's not two peas in crap. Right. There's two peas in crappie. And my turd is not a fish. <laughs> sure. Now, also, so how does the, Steve's an English guy, how does the second P change the vowel sound of, an, of the A to an ah? Okay, if you put an E on the end of the word, it would be crepe. Mm-hmm. If you put a P, it's crap. Two P's so. is crop. Two P's is crop. That's not, no, that's not true because C-R-O-P doesn't have two P's. <clears throat> right. I don't really, I don't know. I, I would like to know. Slappy Joe's? If, like, Sloppy Joe's. I don't know it's that there, o, I don't dude, know that there's true. that it's ru- I don't know that this question <laughs> no, is rule. Not everybody calls you just talked yourself out of it. I don't think it's rule <laughs> dictated. Joe. It's, it's not sloppy Joe. Joe. It's a a I don't know bees. that this is like rule dictated, man. I don't know if there's a rule for it. Yeah, I don't know if there is either. Might be addiction thing. You guys call it them is. crappies? We that's what we would joke about. You guys calling them? Me too. <laughs> yeah, I would we, joke yeah, we make about crappy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and, and, this is a, a separation in even the southern situation. Yeah, I think oh, so. this is like this is, getting, this is a bus divided. This is like this is like like Ole Miss Mississippi State. Level. Yeah, it's yeah. A, bu- it's a bus like, divided. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is like like Florida Georgia game. Level Wait, where's your record come out? Which one? Crappy. I'll go with crappy. I'll swap right now. Right. Yeah, you know, better together is not really. No, I think it's crappy. I, I think it's. I think we'll just pull. It. I think you're just correct, Randy. Dude. I'll just recant call Randy. Everything I just Randy, said. if you're listening, just go ahead and pull that one. Crappy, <laughs> 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 it is. Uh, tell people about this. Tell people about the uh, the process of like how you guys you guys hang out. You guys are like really good friends, right? I mean, yep. Yep. To yep. us. Yeah. yeah. And is, oh, yeah. is this your is this your first? Um, this is the first single. Is that right? 
that you wrote this together? This is our first single together. Yeah. Um, where, who, who, where, where did, what was this? Tell the song and then tell what the seed of the idea was. <clears throat> so the song is called Better Together. Um, it was written in the summer of 2018, I believe. In, yeah. in Boone, North Carolina. On a retreat. Uh, on a writing retreat. So I Specifically going to write. Specifically going to write. I, that's a, usually how I operate. I'd, I'd take two weeks at a time, probably four weeks a year, and go and write the majority of my stuff. So I'm not, quote-unquote, a lunch pail writer like these guys. And where do you go to do it? Uh, sometimes I go to Boone. Sometimes I go to Florida. Sometimes. At his house. At my house. Sometimes. You well, you know, clear the deck, and that's what's yep, going on. That's it. There's no other, there's no press, there's no interviews. It's Song different guys. Up. So the, when I first started doing it, I would kind of do, so like let's say I'd bring Steve and Torque in. For the oh, first, that'd be a good right? move, man, because I got some. I got some hooks. I got some hooks. I got some hooks and melodies. I'll, I'll do a couple of guitar licks. Yeah. We got this. Dude, I got some hooks and melodies. <laughs> you guys would want to make Now we know why we were invited. Yeah. Okay, but, but, but give us a little bit of, uh, of you, you, you can't work with. Oh, well, it's, give a, us a little. it's a little hook I came up with yesterday. Oh, I had nothing to do with that. Thanks, man. I thought we were- um, well, I didn't know what a hook was, and then you explained it. So now it's yours. I and I was, I said, I, I, I was Put yelling. At, I was yelling at the flip flop flasher about something. I feel like, yeah, I think the flip flop flasher was lamenting. Is that Seth? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Was lamenting. We we're skinning an antelope, and I feel like he was lamenting not having something. Gloves. Right. No, he had gloves. I thought the back half he did. A tool of some sort. Oh, no. You know what it was? He was lamenting having to do it with me. That's right. That's what it was. <laughs> Which I completely That I wasn't understand. holding up the... I wasn't doing enough. You weren't holding the... Was, yeah, I wasn't doing right. it right because right. I was talking with you. That's right. And I uh, said to him... I want to get this right because this is like a pretty good hook. Think about it. I said to him, you got to work... <laughs> you got to work with what you got, not with... What you wish you had. Not with what you wish you had. You got to work with what you got. So I'm developing not this into a hit. what you wish you had. A, well, it's not that. I, I was hoping it would be more of a country hit, guys. Snapchat. You guys are kind of taking it in a wild direction. You got to work with what you got. So that's a hook. So who... Um, oh, anyway, so... Yeah, so, so the, you, I, I want to get to yeah, the hook. I want sure, to go through the whole damn sure. deal. Just there's, a hunt and fishing, there's a hunting and fishing reference in it. There is. There is. Yeah. The first thing in it, the first thing in it, this is another thing I want to get into. How did you guys know that the engine should be a Johnson? Because we know, dude. Come on, dude. Because it wouldn't. Ha- it can't be a Tahatsu. <laughs> no, no we don't have we don't really have i mean nobody really uses tahats it's like down. read, it's like read the room do, steve you know like know. read the room a little bit i right was now. pleasantly surprised it's like when you're watching a um <laughs> this guy's selling a short man no no, no i'm i'm, comp- I'm complimenting a 40 you. hp johnson if you got a flat bottom boat in the south you got an evan root or a johnson on that bitch used to well if you're ma- if you're making forty thousand dollars, you still got one on there. You know what I'm saying? That's what <laughs> I mean. You ain't got a forty, you got about a twenty five. That's what I'm trying to applaud. Meaning okay. um uh now and then I, I do want to get back to the song, but I want to like applaud the choice because uh lyrically I thought it was astute. Because and I'm just curious like where this stuff comes from. Because now and then like I'm I'm always talking about how much I like Cormac McCarthy. 
the writer of Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. Because he does his homework, right? When someone has, like, when, when someone, like, has a firearm or something, it's yeah. like, it's the firearm. Yeah. That they would have. Brought to you by Weatherby. Yeah, and it, like, <laughs> it makes sense. So every time he references something, um, whatever, like something about someone's footwear or something about yeah. whatever, like some detail, you're like, God, that's exactly. It's yeah. the correct word. Like, it's that's right exactly yeah. right. Right. Um, and having a, yeah, I thought that the inclusion of that it was a Johnson outboard he was, was like. Steve was listening. No, the Johnson outboard, I'm like. Cause you see it, it is a Johnson album. I wasn't even there, but it has it to has have been to be. a Johnson. All yeah. them Southerners run them damn Johnsons. <laughs> but it's like it sort of you hear like a, someone having a Johnson going, and it's like right away it's an old ass engine that someone has put in a lot of effort. Rebuilt the carbs at least yeah. eight times. Uh, it's like it's not running by accident no. anymore. It's running because someone had to keep it running. Yeah. So the inclusion of having it be that. Uh, I, I thought I was I, like I took, sell, I took note. I it, took note. It helped sell the authenticity. It to set you, me in the right. Pl- it, it set me where I felt as though I was in good hands. There you go. That what you just described is what we as songwriters work so hard to craft. Is something undeniably honest, but pictures that. Not only you can visualize, but tap into a little bit of of life. Yeah, you can go back to. And if we can accomplish that, and we can convey that, I mean that to me that's that's the the bones of a successful. Would you have been less there if it was an Evan Rude? Good question. It would have been. It nothing would have occurred. I wouldn't have. uh, I wouldn't have took note because it's more prevalent. No, I just would have been like... Um, it feels more buzzwordy. No, I was just like, I wouldn't have... It wouldn't have brought me like... You know, there's that, that little bit of delight that occurs yeah. when something's perfect? Yeah. I, I remember I was talking about the book... Um, I'll take that. I, I was telling you about... There's a great book about the Great Plains called Great Plains. Sure. In the Great Plains, the, the writer Ian Frazier describes a red-tailed hawk sitting on a power line, and he talks about that it would fan its tail. Right. And he mentions that uh somehow he draws a simile between someone working a deck of cards oh dang that's gosh yeah right that's so beautiful dude. it brings like it's oh, like you there's like a it. there's like a delight that occurs yeah, yeah absolutely right. it's a split right. screen and you got you get happening on both sides yep. you see them easily yeah so you know had he said some other analogy or some other metaphor or some other simile it just wouldn't have clicked so if you had said Evan Rude, I don't know. It would have just been like, eh. what, I would have been like, I wouldn't have thought. Syllables, right? I wouldn't have thought what a miss. Giannis is a bit of a songwriter. Now. <laughs> He's a bit of a critic too. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. I've been <laughs> in trouble <laughs> with him for four days. Like, Yamaha might work, maybe Evan Rude. <laughs> he did dance me around the floor. He Latvian danced me last night. I saw that. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Caught man. a little jig out there. My back hurt. That's one of the songs I wrote. Nummies, 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 nummies. Um. Back to, back to the song. So that, that, I, I digress, but saying like I took note of the Johnson mention, and I was just pointing out that there are some like there are some outdoors references for sure in the song. And so you go to a write and retreat. Yeah, go to write and retreat. Uh, we're in Boone, and Dan was there on that particular day, and our buddy Randy Montana uh, was there as well. Is that his birth name? No, it's okay. not. It's not his birth name. Um, 
but that's the moniker that uh, his dad is a Hall of Fame songwriter who went by Billy Montana. And so he, you know, yeah. assumed that pseudonym yeah. once he went into songwriting. What would you guys think if I went with Steve Fever? Steve what? Steve Fever. Fever? Fever? Steve Fever. It would feel a little mushy. Would, okay. Steever, you know? <laughs> like it would sound like you were saying Steve Fever, you it's know? The fever. You know, leave it to Steever. <laughs> I like that. Who's got know? a fever? Yeah, leave it to Steever. Um, but now, anyways, we're up there, and, and I think we wrote the chorus that yeah. day and the first verse. Yeah. So that. that's what you start with. Chorus. We wrote chorus first. And Is that typical? No, no. It's just a bit, it depends on the day. Yeah, but you know? tell me the, can you tell me the chorus? Of course you can. Yeah. Um, you know, some things just go better together. I mean, if we're going to sing it, we're going to sing it? No. Oh, no, dude, no, no. sing it, man. No, I just, but it's like, we can go roll. listen to the song on your local streaming service. Check it out. <laughs> uh, Dan with like an 80 HP Johnson on his next Or 20. But that's the, the idea was like, it was about things working in, in correlate in like yeah, so can, you, can you talk about that like, yeah, like who's where like, was that where, where was the beginning of that idea yeah who said how about it be about this <laughs> I, I i do know this so randy montana said man i got this hook and i and we said okay what is it and he said i got this hook that's just like we go together like good old boys and beer yeah that's a bit much what what is what is that as the chorus correct that's the hook of the song. Oh, define a hook for me. I think I misunderstood. Oh, man. So, hook means like <laughs> the conceit upon which it's built. Not necessarily. There are many. It's it, Consider a country song a bit of a trot line. So you have multiple hooks. The hook that got you, 40 HP Johnson. Oh. So you try to sprinkle those in. Now, the main hook of the song, if you're talking about that, that is the ending, essentially the ending line of the chorus. A good old, but like good old boys and beer and me as long as you're right here. Two hooks. So the thing that oh, hooks that you. that is in the chorus. And the thing yeah. that hooks oh. you is that up to the entire song, you have no clue what we're talking about until the last line of the, that's of the first chorus. That's a, effective. You, that's a, oh, he's that's that's talking another, about that thing. That's another thing, right. that, I, that's another thing yeah. that I found pleasure in. Sure. Yeah, you sure. got some chill bumps on that. Remember when I was yeah. telling you about the song I thought was very flawed? No. Who was I talking about the flawed song with? I didn't want to have it be a friend of you guys and then make it. It really doesn't matter. Oh, you're talking about that is, uh, I think, that's my boy. Okay. Craig Campbell? No, no, no. No? You're talking about L.B. Shane. That's my boy. Yeah. Where is it the one where he's a stepfather now? No. no. Nope. No. I, I'm Lee, not exactly Lee sure. Lee had song. a song called Boy. No, too. that's Boy. That's yeah, not boy. the same thing. In the first verse. That's my boy. In the first verse. Yeah, that's, that's the one. It was like of the high school football game, and his kid kicks the shit out of some other kid. And he stands up in the bleachers and be like, that's my boy. <laughs> I described it to How me do you guys too. not know what I'm talking about? I don't know, dude. I thought you'd pay attention to everything, man. <laughs> I pay like attention songs. to a lot of stuff, yeah. No, all, I don't mean that. I mean all country songs. Uh, I mean, I, we, we only we, like good I'm songs. Not and you said that song was flawed. <laughs> yeah, so it's I, yeah I probably just dismissed it if it was flawed. Only thing being, there's a... There's a there's no redemption re in the well, song. The reason I bring Steve it up is like I it. never... I, the, through the whole song, I'm waiting for the... Hook. 
through the whole song, I'm waiting for the payoff. Yeah. Right. And there isn't one. And I feel that yeah. the payoff is going to be that he, he's painting the picture of this kid. There's this dad, and this dad is like absolutely loyal to his son. Even, even when his, his, son son's, even when his son's wrong, he's loyal to him. I'm expecting at the end of the song that it's going to be something like he, the boy throws himself on a grenade in Iraq oh, to save his buddy or, or whatever. Which or, is... Or does... like, And he'd be like, oh, yeah, man. This dude, like, he's, he's like, that's my boy. He, right or wrong, that's my boy. One of the verses is his kid goes down and, and takes a 22 and whatnot and goes down and shoots up this other guy's property. And all the kids come home and the old man comes over. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. I think the old man, bro, listen, I no. think you dreamed this up, dude. <laughs> the old man comes over and he says, one of these kids shot up my property. And he says, that's my boy. And he's like, boy. yeah, that's my boy. So I'm thinking in the end, the kid's going to do some like thing. Heroic thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and the he, payoff then, then it be, pay off to be like, that's, that's my, my boy. boy. Like, that's that. what I'm saying, man. That's my boy. But in the end, it never happens. The kid's just kind of still an asshole and the song just <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, yeah. and so when I'm, yeah. it, it leads, <laughs> as a listener, it led to so much disappointment that me and Mo Fallon used to talk about it all the time. We used to, every time that song came on, we'd be like, it just leaves me being like, but like we thought that someone screwed up and they, and they left a verse off the track. Can we get back to talking about my song? Yes, because right. here's the thing. I, <laughs> I got the pleasure. The well, pleasure the- that was denied me you got a bow. And that was when you're doing all these like, eh, and you're like, all these things that are like, that match up. Okay. All these things in life that match up make sense. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, things that match up make sense. And then also I'm like, oh shit, man. Like a, like this dude and this woman. Yeah. It's a country love song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you finally go like, why is he telling me all this? <laughs> right. Why is he telling me all this stuff that goes together? <laughs> oh, and then I register again that delight. If Steven Ronello was a trout <laughs> and I was, and we were fly fishing, and we're just back and forth, back and forth. We just lofted that little fly out there. We were, you know, stripping it a little bit. Stripping and I sipped it. it. Bit. You sipped it. Fire! <laughs> God, I just got you. We got you with 40 HP Johnson. So I liked it. Thank you. No, I, I like like lyrically like it's. I, I like that it delivered me a product. Sure. Yeah, and and as a songwriter, you want that hook to be that aha moment. Yeah, you know? sure. and that's well, where this is all going. Yeah, yeah, and and that's even in the room. You know, if somebody throws out a hook, and and you want to say, well, what's that? What's the twist on it? Like, what's the spin on it? What's it? What's going to grab them? How do we make that? That aha moment, and there are di- many different ways to get to that. There you sure. Go. There are many different approaches to getting to that aha moment, and know? it doesn't always have to be this. Whoa! If everything was, you know, it was the Butler moment, then you would get. <laughs> kind of, you, you would, it was Colonel Mustard in the study with a. It would wrench. get pretty. Oh, on, no, oh man! It would get pretty annoying, right? right. So I mean, it's okay. It, just don't be afraid of songs that don't have the. Grandioso. It was the know. guy behind the curtain the whole time. I'm not. I'm not afraid of it. In fact, um, I want to get back to y'all's process, but uh, I like the films of David Lynch and what David Lynch toys with you. It'd be good to listen to. It'd be good to watch as a songwriter. It might be good to watch David Lynch movies because what David Lynch messes with you often is you're the whole time you're like, okay, where is it all leading? Like, what's the point? Where is it all leading? What's the point? And then the movie ends. And you're like, damn me for thinking they're like, yeah, the yeah. You, don't, you, don't, you don't, sucker, what you a sucker I am, like, man. 
oh yeah but i think that's what he's showing you he's like showing you and that would Corman be McCarthy yeah. does the same thing to the whole book you're like i can't wait till this super evil guy gets his never happened nope <laughs> the book just ends like the evil guy's fine <laughs> like all the good people are dead the evil guy drives off into the sunset <laughs> do you think he's do you think he's doing that for your own imagination to continue the that process of see i don't want that i, don't I think he's I, doing it to mess with you I okay. he's, he's doing it to show you that you're a sucker okay okay i want a bow on my books or a bow on my movies man yeah no, no. wrap it up you know what I'm saying? Wrap I don't, don't want to just. I, I don't want to be left hanging out like loose baloney. Name that. Band. Remember the remember the end of No Country for Old Men? I do remember that. Yeah, he goes. To, there's like the one person left, the beautiful, but, sweet girlfriend. But, but there's a bit of a. And he goes to her house and like he, he comes out and checks the bottom of his boots, presumably to see if her blood's all over his boots. He and promised her he was going to do it, though. He <laughs> promised her he was going to do it. Wasn't the end of The Sopranos like that? Like people were all up in arms. Like it was like. This guy comes in to the, they're all sitting around the table at the restaurant, and this dude comes in, and it was just like, you're like, oh man, something's gonna happen, and then it was just like, boom, and that was just the end of the whole series. Now, I don't like that. I don't like that. Dude. I don't like a leave that you hanging. That seems lazy in. to I me. Completely dude. Agree. That feels lazy to me. It I does. Like, there's got to be a certain enjoyment for the the creator of that though to be like. Because nah, he's like a dick. Know? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> sure, man. I, I mean, I'm kind of on both sides why. of the fence there because, like, I like to, I like when that Salem Sopranos that thing goes down. I like to imagine what happens. You know what? Right, happens but next. isn't it your job to, to tell me up. what happens? Absolutely. Sure. I mean, I'm not watching your movie to imagine something. No, <laughs> I'm watching it to see what Should you I imagine. Yeah, like if I wanted to do that, I would have right. just done it from the start. I would have just sat there and went. Oh, that was a cool th story I just thought up. Yeah. Man, what a great ending to that story. <laughs> I should have wrapped it up. When Dan <laughs> told me the story earlier that I can't, that I don't want to tell the details about, but he told me the story that included, that happened to include his his night at the campfire with his wife. Sure. My joy in that story was primarily how excited I am to tell his story. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, I'm going to tell the shit out of this story. <laughs> Every time this subject comes up from now I on, I will one. tell this I story. Got one. I got one for you. <laughs> All right, so there so you are. So Johnny Montana jo says, Joe Montana. I've got a Randy Montana. Book. Joe Randy Montana. Montana. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Joe Montana comes into Boone, North Carolina at the right trip. Yeah, he says that thing, and then that eventually works to, we're discussing, I remember this, and you're in the room or not. Yeah, 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 we're actually sitting on a deck a, of, a, of a house in the mountains. Looking over Grandfather that's Mountain. Yeah. yeah, that's how I picture yeah. this stuff. 70, 70 degrees every day in the middle of the summer there. It's Rainstorm fantastic. comes through. Rainstorm comes through every day. But it's it's awesome. So we're out there. Everybody's holding a guitar, presumably. Just one guitar. Probably just one, honestly. You know, huh. It kind of gets to be a bit of a town hall meeting if there's more than one. Yeah, if there's more than one, everyone's so kind of... You, oh, really? Just people get to noodling. One or two, usually. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, can we get yeah, some focus here? Some but anyways, <laughs> I remember, and I still have this, we sat down... Okay, can you tell me real quick? I'm sorry. Who's holding the guitar? So you don't get to hold it, Luke? It's Sometimes. Not, it's on, ever man. changing. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Dan's team. got the guitar. Dan's holding the guitar. Okay, I'm in the I'm in the Dan's scene. I'm in the scene now. Over the guitar. I, it is not. <laughs> I'm in the He's scene. Clutching the guitar. No, it's more like I'll be like, and a lot of the times there's nothing happening on the guitar. It's not like Dan's just sitting there playing yeah. for three hours or four hours. <laughs> like it's like it's like I'll sit there and I'm like, hold on, let me get that real quick. You know what I mean? Like he'll pass it over to me. I and see. I'm sussing out something in my own head, but I explicitly remember. Randy had that idea. We were discussing it, 
and had landed on the better together thing. Yep. And we were like, what's the best avenue to approach this thing? And so I sat down, I had my pen and paper, and I just wrote out a bunch of stuff that I felt like went together really well. Johnson 40 in the flat bottom. Exactly. There you go. It was all these different things, and it was a list, you know, it was 10 or 12 lines long of just different things that I felt like worked together really well. And then it was like, how do we, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a clever way, make all these things, not maybe these explicitly, but this is, I was writing with a guy named Charlie Worsham this past week, and he had a great analogy for it. Is he says, I have to just say these things and, and for everyone to hear him because he refers to it as fertilizer. It might be shit, hmm. but sometimes the shit is the fertilizer Ooh, that like leads that, to Absolutely. the growing of the common goal. That's a metaphor. Right and there, I, it dude. was awesome. Love and it. so he throws it. I'm, so I'm throwing out this fertilizer, you know, of these different things. And then we're all going. And then it was almost like an explosion of. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this and that and, and this and this. And, and you know, we... And how much it. time's elapsed at this point? A couple hours, probably yeah. two hours, maybe. You know, there's a lot of coffee drinking and, you know, just kind of shooting the shit. And I do remember specifically you know, in the second verse, if I can take this part. Yeah. I remember looking at Luke and being like, man, I feel like this is the point where we start... Because we've the cats out of the bag at this point, on, right? The, on the girl being in yeah, the better focus together. of the song. Right? I said, well, why don't we give this sec- second half to them? And uh, I said, oh. is there anything specific like that you feel like you and Nicole do that's kind of just very specific to your relationship? And he was like, no shit. He goes, man, you know, whenever we go to town, she puts her license into my wallet. That was a fucking great detail. Yeah. And, and as soon as he said I was like, whoa, time. whoa, we are writing that down. I don't know how we're making that fit, but we're making that fit. And immediately it was like, your license in my wallet when we go out downtown. I said, anything else? He goes, her lipstick's all over my coffee cups. Next line goes, your lipstick stained every coffee cup that I got in this house. I ought to put in. You're always moving my shit from one cabinet to another cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> so please stop. <laughs> Your mother, for some reason, takes my really good knife and cuts my kids' grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> in a pan. In a pan. In the pan. Right? For some reason. <laughs> On the marble really nice tops. Yeah. That's so for good. some unknown reason. <laughs> but I think my favorite spot of any song, and I think, uh, and I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, but I, I feel like my strongest points in my songs are the bridges. The bridge of the song is that it's, it's different from the verse and the chorus. You have your verses in your chorus, and you have the spot that sits on its own melodically, structurally, and lyrically from the rest of the oh, song. Oh, I forgot this. You but, wrote oh, this but, by yourself, didn't you? But No, we wrote it in... in uh, in the fire hall. That's right. Edu- can you educate you- people on this? Because this is something. That, this is a concept I, I get, but I don't get. Yeah. Can you take a, a well-known tune? Okay. Sure. Take take whatever song you, you think most clearly exemplifies, and do one your own or whatever the hell. Uh, I mean, I where think- you're like you're like like lay out the like how like a, how a, how a song could be structured and what function okay. the bridge has. So, so I, don't, I don't get this. Okay. So typically, uh, for example, in Better Together the song we're talking about just sure, for clarity great. no it's great we'll do the first verse is 40 hp johnson on a flat bottom metal boat and then that's the length that it is it's four lines 
or something. Yeah. That's verse one. Normal that's structure. structure. Normal structure is that's verse one. Then you're usually right into a chorus. Chorus one. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus, yeah. as yep. we always say. Yep. Then you write your chorus, which usually stays the same throughout the entire song. So each time you're referencing back to that chorus, it correlates with a verse. It'd be considered right? a universal chorus. Right. It stays the same. Universal chorus. Then you're going into verse two, which will be the same length and melody as the first verse. They're yep. identical in that sense, just the words are interchangeable, right? Yep. And so then you hit your second universal chorus, yep. you know, so you've got, you've got two minutes or two and a half minutes of your song about at this point. Yeah. And so then you're probably going to go into, there's, there's one or two options here. You're going to go, if you feel like you've said everything that you need to say in, in that amount of time, you're going to go with a, straight up solo musical moment torques on the strat you know he's just tripping it you know what i mean (laughs) working the fingers on that thing dude get in there and then you're back to universal chorus his weatherby Weatherby guitar yeah his weatherby guitar he shredded (laughs) fluted neck on that thing you know and uh no muzzle break is off suppressor is and so if you feel like you've said everything you need to say in that amount of time you're going back into a chorus after that solo and then you're out so the chorus sits in for the verse what no yeah Okay. Well, there's not another verse because the verses is where you're saying lengthier, wordier things yep. describing what you're talking about in the chorus, yeah. right? Generally speaking. And so if you feel like you've said everything you need to say, you do another chorus and the song ends. Okay. Because there's Just nothing after else. Two verses, that's it. Sure. Usually. Wow. Because you're trying usually. to stay you're trying to stay usually in this three minute in a window. certain three to four minute like yeah. three and like, it's even getting smaller now yeah now it's getting for less a whole and less. song absolutely yeah, absolutely 245 yeah. man that's, yeah. that's what their mark is right now for when radio. i first came to town it was 340 and then it went to 330 then it went 315 then it went three minutes and now we're sitting at about two who, who decides this number wow. the listener the, the radio yeah the radio just because focus our, our attention spans yeah you yep. guys are okay. on the way out <laughs> yeah absolutely but so anyways but if you haven't said everything that you want to say this after that second chorus you usually go into a short solo section like a half length solo section and then you'll go right into what is we refer to as the bridge of the song mm-hmm. which is i'm not sure why it's called that it I builds guess it, differently it bridges the gap it's, from spo- the it's supposed to be a bit of a departure from a the departure of, yeah. of what you've listened what you're to making love uh, exactly love that's the bridge right making that's why nobody, yeah. nobody knew what you were talking about. Because it was the bridge. <laughs> but so essentially you want a completely different melody, completely different lyric structure in that small section of the song. It could be two lines. It could be four lines. It could be one line. But, yeah. it can, but, it, but you want it to contribute to the story. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's you the bow. McCarthy would not have any bridges in his songs. Oh, he wouldn't. Yeah, because he'd leave you hanging after the second chorus. He'd just roll it on out and be out of there. And you'd be like, oh, man, I feel like he was going to say like, one oh, more I thing. That was really say, one did you say Cormac or Paul? Cormac. Oh, I thought he said Paul McCarthy. No, that's Paul, Paul McCartney. McCartney. That's who Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, so the bridge in Better Together, it's a normal structured tune. Verse one, chorus. Verse two, chorus. Short piano solo section because the song is just me and piano. And then it goes into 
the bridge, which is, sometimes we roll in water, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And if I'm being honest, your first and my last name would just sound better together. So we just tied right into the chorus. Tied up. You know what I mean? It's like a different thing. Yep. And then it takes the song just from like, oh, they're a cute couple to like, hey, like trying to get married and shit, married. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Trying to, like, try to get married yeah, and man. shit. Yeah, man. Takes it, takes it, to, right. another, it, takes it so to another level. That was I got to admit to you, I didn't get that till right now. Yeah. I thought he was saying like that he felt uh, at a time. Yeah. I didn't know that it was that he had he was advancing and, and, and like now he's like wanting to like seal the deal. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you said like yeah. you know I, I've always liked it and that's the way it is. I didn't know he meant like no. I sure would like this to happen. Yeah, and my thing I think Dude, then it double delivers. I think yeah. the and I think the maybe triple deliver is like the the juxtaposition of all the things that go together. And then when you say sometimes we're oil and water, like we sometimes we don't always get along. Like we're not sometimes we have those moments where we're very contentious and but we wouldn't have it any but other we way. wouldn't have it any other way like you have to have that in a good relationship in my opinion you have <laughs> that to tune starts to make its own gravy you know? oh! yeah. and listen but here's the thing I pride myself on sniffing the gravy out yeah. and I was missing some of the gravy <laughs> yeah there's, and there's, I still felt it delivered well yeah. you only heard it one time too true. you have to yeah. yeah true yeah and the full version you know and like outside you're not getting the voice projection and the and the I mean, See, I didn't catch the track. oil. I didn't catch the oil and water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought you were a bridge guy. <laughs> I'm a bridge. Guy. I was getting hit. I was getting inundated with stuff. Man. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's some famous. Did you get the oil and water rock and roll song? No, I didn't catch that that lyric. But I feel like there's some famous rock and roll song where they actually call out bridge, and then it goes into <laughs> a. That's like Tenacious D, I think. That yeah. song. That, I they do that. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this: Anywho. that song seems to connect so well with, uh, and I'm not. I, I, I guess I'm kind of tooting my own horn here, but uh, I, a lot of it has to do with the delivery, right? It's kind of a heartfelt delivery, especially on the album. I played it for you, Giannis. Mm -hmm. Me and Giannis were riding around listening to Spot and Antelope, and uh, I actually played it for him. It was a piano ballad, right? And uh, the last show I saw Luke play before Pandemic was Rupp Arena in Kentucky. Biggest show ever done there, by the way. Broke Paul McCartney's record. Oh, actually. look at oh, we came all the way around. That's great. On Valentine's Day, actually. Very good hosting. On Valentine's Day. It was good Day. guesting. Yeah. It was guesting to the level of hosting. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, you get yeah. a meat eater segue badge yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So in the midst of, of him playing that song, which he encored with, when it got to the bridge, sometimes we're all in water, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I look around me, and I see multiple dudes dropping. And I saw six couples get engaged from where I was standing. There ain't no telling how many he saw. Yeah, no, it, dude. I dropping. Get, I, how did they know? I took pictures they with them. They knew the song. They knew the song. I took pictures with them. So they're like they've come in preparation. Yeah, but you like, haven't had the song hadn't released. It had released. It had released. It, was yeah. out. it just it wasn't, wasn't the single. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the okay. album was out, and that song was out into the world. And he's like, in case he does this song, and I, and I have no reason to believe he will. True, true. I'm bringing my true. shit. That's yep. very true. That's very true. Ready to but, roll. Yeah. My buddy leaned up. He goes, "This guy wrote that." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Can we get a picture?" And I was like, "I, I guess." <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the creation of the tune because how how did is Randy on it? Yeah, Randy's on it. Yeah. So he's one of the co he's one of the writers. He's one of the co-writers. Big fan of y'all's, by the way. Big oh, fan. He yeah, he's a big outdoorsman. Big, big outdoorsman. Yeah. yeah. So he gets he's in on it. 
Mm-hmm. Luke, you're in on it. Dan, you're in on it. Mm-hmm. Anybody it. else get in there on it? it? God, unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even. He, if he was more, um, if he was more like Machiavellian, he'd be. Uh, he'd be like taking little swipes. Sure. He'd be like, yeah, I mean, like, that well, bridge you know, is all right. Really, yeah. the song, I mean, could have improved greatly with, uh, you know, the addition. Sure, sure, sure. No, no, it's a very it, well, should, I mean, it should have been a Tahatsu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'd have written it, I said Yamaha, but it's cool. In, in that moment, when you guys are like well on to this idea, yeah. and the lyrics are coming, and you've written down all the things that go better together, has music been introduced yet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I chorus, would, chorus was done already at that time. I would say, and you can absolutely smash this i'm not i'm not trying to give myself credit in any form or fashion but i think my natural progression towards songwriting comes from like a a bit of a storytelling basic chord structure which is extremely simple because i i'm not a great guitar player right so literally we were just going one four one four and that's and, and if 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 I am going to be a part of a ballad, I'm going to try to push that simpleness onto the tune and onto the co-writers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the course was already done, and I, I think I think I was just kind of like, what if we kept it extremely basic and let the Grizzly Bear vocalist smash everything That's Luke. out? Yeah. The Grizzly Bear vocalist. I mean, in my opinion, he sounds like a damn like a line. giant lion on stage not a grizzly bear or a grizzly bear depending, <laughs> on, depending yeah. on what continent you're in you know yeah. to me it would be a grizzly bear lizzly bear apex Ly- apex grizzly. predator for sure man yeah, but you can't listen to what you listened to last night and go that's probably the best vocalist i've set, ever sat in front of chester <laughs> no, no dirt dirt yeah come yeah. on guys I thought Chester did surprisingly well. Dude, yeah. I, oh yeah, I, you know, you, I, I, I saw you morning. welling with pride. Oh, you know what? Here's the, you, you guys only know the best part of it. I, I got to tell listeners real quick. So Chester, the molester, he don't um, do it. <laughs> cut that out. What's his name? Phil or Phil. something? Chester just cut whoever's Oh, Chester just got married, and Chester sang a song at his wedding. He just sang a love song and didn't didn't properly intro it, so they generated some confusion on part of the attendees. Who then a rumor spread how Chester wrote that song and how great the song he wrote was and it, it made everybody cry and I can't believe Chester knew how to write such a beautiful song and Chester just got up and failed to say like oh and by the way this is a little number written by so and so so then he had to go around he had to go around like clarifying to people yeah you know, I, I, so in all honesty you know and last night Seth said Seth told me that he, or no Chester told me that Seth said to him. Six months ago, would you have believed that you'd be singing a song next to Luke or playing your guitar and singing next to Luke Combs? And Chester said, six months ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I knew how to play a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Because he learned just to, like, he had to learn just to, like, at his wedding, played his wedding, I which wanna, I think is like the cutest, sweetest thing dude, in the world. We literally you, said that. I want to go on record here and say, if that guy's been playing guitar for six months, how incredibly impressive that performance! Dude, last that, night. No, yeah. absolutely, that was, oh, was staggeringly the, impressive. It was. I'll, I'll say this: it was as impressive 
and as as pressurized <laughs> as me and you and Reed cooking dinner in front of these jokers, man. Yeah, what? No, Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I, I felt that t- the night before. Like, dude, why, why are they filming I mean, me? You got, I mean, <laughs> we're standing there dinner. whipping up gravy and biscuits and antelope, and Steve's got his hands in his pockets looking over the thing. I sprinkled a little <laughs> dust in there. He goes, too early. He goes, too early. Not ready yet. And, I mean, it's the same kind of pressure. Chester gets up there in front of a guy that's got nine number ones in a row. <laughs> biggest <laughs> artist in country music. He's like, give me that guitar. He's like, I'll take a swing at her. <laughs> and knocked it out of the park. Knocked man. it out, hey, knocked man. It out of the park. That was a great tune. It was, it was so cute. Oh, it was cute. It was and, so it, cute. and, and to, again, the reason I was celebrate like celebrating him and it is like instead of trying to be Mister like detached and can't be bothered and the old lady, right? Yeah, yeah. Just to hang it all out there. I'm gonna tell you this: get up there. and serenade her at a wedding. Dude, so Steve and I had a not little... be like, oh, I don't know, the old lady wanted to have a wedding, so I guess I showed up. Oh, he owned you know it. He owned Dude, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we had a bit of a plan working all day long to try to convince Chester to sing that song, right? Uh, did you hear? You probably heard. We were in the truck together with yeah. Chester. I was laying the groundwork to ask him to play, but it was it was really easy. I mean, it was kind of like a circle hook, like the kid hooked himself. <laughs> yeah. All I had to do was reel him in. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'll play one if you guys will let I'm sorry. I'll play one if you guys will let me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, absolutely, Chester. We would love to hear it. Heard you played Lady Maid. He was like, well, I know a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't take much convincing, did it? No, no, no man. Stepped up to the plate. He was in. He was ready. That was really cool to see. I'd like to formally extend a thank you to you guys for having us. Uh, next time, maybe pair we with somebody a little slower. Um, <laughs> Less athletically inclined. A little less honest. Uh, <laughs> I'll take you honest every time. He's a class A guy. And, uh, man, I'll miss an antelope with that guy all day long. Appreciate you having us. That was great. You, you got an antelope down. You got yeah. it. Dantelope, someone call it. Dantelope. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No need to, we don't need to tell people how to find Luke Holmes. No. Just pop a goose on it. Pop a goose. Turn your radio just, on. Just Google it. Just Google Turn it. your radio on, hit scan, and wait five minutes. There he is. You'll find it. <laughs> Somewhere in the in the amidst the airwaves. Yeah. But you, uh Brothers Hunt, Isabel Brothers, yeah, laid yeah. out laid out for people to locate you. Yeah, we've got a we're mainly probably based out of our Instagram right now and Facebook. And uh you can go check us out, just Instagram the Brothers Hunt or Facebook the Brothers Hunt and Tell people what the Brothers Hunt is, because we've been talking about the songwriting. Yeah, the Brothers Hunt started actually on a porch at our deer camp in West Tennessee and, and we were sitting there just kind of talking, um, kind of going over the, the the scenarios of of what we do and 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 how we're this affinity for hunting out west is becoming a thing for us and and our our dad you know he's such a fan of staying home and hunting the whitetail deer it's his favorite thing he he has no passion about coming out here no no uh um what am I trying to say no want to no want to come out here to the west and hunt. And so we were we were sitting on uh sitting on the porch just kind of talking about it and decided that you know if we were gonna go for for this thing that we were gonna go all in and uh f- that was probably what five years ago four or five years ago and yeah. and since then the Brothers Hunt brand is is kind of I always thought I was gonna have to choose between songwriting and maybe the Brothers Hunt one day but tell I, Steve how many girlfriends you've lost over oh, hunting yeah every one of them except this one hopefully <laughs> every one. yeah I mean literally and two like, seasons gets them. 
two seasons. Yeah, they can make it through like a turkey season because you're kind of in and out during the day. But then when a fall comes, they would always they would always break up with Reed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so we we started talking about the idea of of this thing, and and it got to the point where we wanted to, you know, showcase hunting. In, in an ethical way, in an ethical light, because we thought we were seeing a lot of uh, hunting portrayed in a the gripping grin. We conquered this animal, man, and, and and you know we 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 deserve to do this, and and we feel a different way, and and the way we hunt, we you feel know, more privileged rather than deserving. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, honestly, a lot of that was birthed from being in the riding rooms. I'll never forget the, the the prime example I have of this. We wrote with a guy from Australia. He's a good friend of mine. He wouldn't mind me saying this. His name's Lindsey Rhymes. And uh, we were riding with an artist, and the artist was just tripping over what he wanted to do and just could not get out of his own way, right? And so finally I was like, all right, man, I'm going to grab some lunch out of the out of the refrigerator in the in the break room i'll be right back and when i walked in Lindsay was in there and i broke out a, a little baggie that had a i had diced a tenderloin and grilled it and so it was in little, little nice neat little circles deer tenderloin then when i broke it out he went oh cookies and i was like no man no these he's british yeah well he's australian was that no 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 that's good all right so he goes uh Cookies. And I said, no, nah, man. <laughs> I said, dude, this is deer tenderloin. He was like, deer tenderloin. Cookies, eh? He, there you go. Cookies, eh? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, oh. I said, would you like one? He was like, no, no, mate. I buy my meat from the store. Huh. And so he didn't understand the concept of how you could take your own meat and with a, a, a rifle or a bow and convert that into a meal that you might eat the next day at work it didn't even compute he said i like my meat from the store you know and and reed and i were talking about that way you know it's safe yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and so reed and i were talking about we were like man there are many people that we come into contact with that uh that don't understand even even in the country music industry they don't understand how uh how hunting translates into food. And once we said, well, maybe we can have, we can use that platform, uh, whether it be through our artist friends or just the success that we have, it kind of helped turn people to, towards a more ethical and responsible way to enjoy the outdoors and to enjoy hunting specifically um, and, and, and try to paint a little more accessible light on uh, being able to, to turn your your passions and your and your hunting into some some pretty damn nice table fare, and and through that and through that filming that we were doing and and started filming all our hunts and out west and putting them you know into thirty minute YouTube videos we were doing that to to you know what Dan's speaking to but it turned into us getting comments on YouTube and and messages on Facebook or Instagram about guys who who have lost touch with their brother or a, or a hunting buddy or a dad and and they loved watching me and Dan you know communicate in the way we you know we hunted together and and that uh the camaraderie that we had in camp and we we just started getting tons of messages of guys going man just from watching you guys it's going to make me reach out to my brother and and I'm going to I'm going to reach back out to him and I'm going to try to get a trip cuz I books. haven't busted his balls in 2 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably so. Well, that's a lot of it. I mean, you guys have seen it, man. We're pretty rough on each other, but I mean, it's it's all out of love anyway. It's all love. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's become the coolest part of this for for me is is being able just to do what we do, but but being able just like a song, man, to 
to speak to somebody, you know, and, and, and try to try to maybe inspire someone to, to get out there and, and do it a little more often, maybe do it with some, some people you love. Uh, and then if they want to hear, see, this is the hard part. This is the hard, like, because you're a songwriter and other people do you guys stuff. Nah. How do they hear, what well, if they want to go hear you do something? I mean, they can catch a show. Otherwise, we kind of keep it locked up. Lunch pail, man. Lunch pail. Lunch pail. Lunch pail. That's what we do. Click, click. Pow, pow. <laughs> uh, uh. All right, guys, this is fun, man. Enjoy hey, it. man, thanks for I, having I really, us. I, yep. yeah, I, I've had such a good time. Man, us too, man. too, man, for sure. Oh, yeah, we haven't we, laughed as much on a shoot in uh, yeah, quite some time. Long time. It's we, good. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about it last night, and, and you always coming into these camps or hunts, you're, you don't know what to expect because you've never met these people or and who you're hanging out sure. with. And me and Tork talked about it, but there's not been best one, friends by one the spooled way. apple. Yeah, it's high five right yeah, now. Yeah, bam. They've been high fiving all week because we've been killing goats <laughs> with each other all week. I was telling, I don't. This is my this is my final concluder. Uh, I was telling, I think I was sharing this with Luke the other day. I was saying like, if Americans like one story, it's they like to know what a asshole a celebrity is. The second favorite story is when they learn like how great a celebrity really is. Yeah. <laughs> In that order. In that order. That's true. In that order. That's true. My wife's like, what are those guys are like? I said, man, these guys are great. Yeah. My she wife said, says, oh, I, I she's to... like, really? Like, she was glad to hear it. Oh, wow. <laughs> For real? She was glad to hear it, man. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. She, was, she wasn't like, oh. Dude, I have to say, I have to say, I this. wanted you to tell me a story about how horrible Luke Holmes is. <laughs> no, she was dude, like, really? She my, was wife so happy. Lo- my wife loves you, dude. Oh, good. She loves the show. Man. Shoot me your number, man. No, <laughs> she's gonna laugh so hard. Yeah. She's gonna she laugh is. real hard. She is. Nicole watches. Yeah, dude. Jordan yeah. watches. We're, we're, Jordan big, watches. we're all big media dude, fans. We're big fans, man. man. I mean, this fans. is so cool for us, dude. We're we're uh, it's kind of uh kind of out of uh, I can't we kept saying that the whole way over we were like I can't believe this is happening yeah man it's, it's almost been like a little shell shock all yeah. week because yeah we. I how mean, about Steve being a hard ass when he came with damn Steve Steve, <laughs> we were like, and yeah. he, and he, he, this, he, he artist ghosted us. He ghosted yeah. us, man. He artist us for sure. I want to work on man. that. Performer, well, no. performer. I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding I, it's the, listen, man. I, uh, I, I, I view it that uh, you were guests that were trying to lay something out. And I was immediately very interested in just make getting the lay of the land and everything's everything's <laughs> good and lined up. Hey, it was a lot. And of then me, once I got that, okay, this is cool. Everything's cool. Hey, man. Then I was you ready. Settled to, down. Then I was ready to tell bad. you about the South and <laughs> For uh, what's I, really going on in the South. <laughs> I've had a great. I've had a great time on this trip. The last time I was on the what, what was it? The expensive podcast. The the name of it uh, when we announced the the Weatherby Media oh, Rifle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was awesome to. A very expensive podcast the episode. A very expensive podcast <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, so... Uh, Hell of a rock. Which is a fun That was just a few rifle, months man. ago. Yeah. And now, a couple months later, you guys all using that rifle down some great antelope. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that a phenomenal rifle. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'll hunt with that rifle for oh, absolutely. years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for sending them to us. For Appreciate real. you. Thanks yeah. for everything. Weatherby 6.5-300, Meteor Edition. It some bitch man. It, it will drop a goat in its tracks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the third time. <laughs> hey, Reed did it. That's right. Airball right. challenge, dude. Reed won the airball challenge. Dude, I shot Dan's gun. It was shooting high. It was. It was shooting high. But my gun, dead on. All, All right. right, let's go eat some antelope now. Yeah. Eat some antelope. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys for real. Thanks, guys. We've had a blast.
telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the Decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to deck.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.